the great sage and poet George Michaels once said, sometimes you just got to have faith. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, I wish we did not have faith. The Unholy ah. Trilogy. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, are yeah. your, uh, are, are your, have your pants been uh, fully spooped? Um, I, you know, if they weren't too large, I might have actually put uh, some adult diapers that Porcho sent to me um, <laughs> with, with some, some help from, from Wesley Ray. Mm -hmm. um, I might've actually put those to use um, because the topic of our show tonight is going to be arguably, I think the scariest or, and the most unsettling thing I have ever played. Mm -hmm. It may be encountered. Not, not like, oh. this is like top five creep, like creepy, yeah, spoopy vibes. Like it's true. Did, I, I probably spooped myself several times ah. um, through the course of uh, preparing for this episode. Gotcha. Um, yeah, there's it's, it's definitely a spooky game, and that's I, I think that's saying a lot considering we try and do this every year, and so I'm thinking back on some other games that were quite unsettling. Um, some games, I mean, maybe not quite as disturbing, but something like Hellblade could be mm -hmm. um, unsettling, mm -hmm. I think is the right word for that one. But something like a, a Silent Hill 2 mm -hmm. uh, was pretty freaky. You know, we, we all mm -hmm. know we go back to that one pretty often. So we all Doki know Doki we Doki Literature enjoy. Club was mm -hmm. really kind of like jarring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, like, if I'm being honest, I think Faith the Unholy Trinity takes the cake. Which which is crazy, man. Okay, we can't have this conversation yet. We will have this conversation. We will because go down it's insane that. Saying yeah. to me how few pixels it takes <laughs> to make such a to just make me want to crawl completely experience. out of my own skin. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but I like before it. we get into that, um, dude. You know what, man, Josh? Mm -hmm. Well, it's been. An undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you. It has. Yep. Yeah, Last buddy. time we talked, we had some guests on here. Um, so we had a good time talking about Final Fantasy. In fact, this is actually the welcome to our 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 you know our scary episode. Ooh, oh dude, I like this is this is my bad. Like I always charge with the opening bit and I haven't even told people what they're listening to. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. They they should know at this point in time that they're listening to the backlog breakdown. Like mm -hmm. we're like three minutes into this, and they're just like, "What what what is this? These two idiots! What what is going on Talking here?" But about scary things. But but uh, dear listeners, friends, uh, compatriots, countrymen, mm. friends, neighbors, countrymen, whatever, um, welcome to uh, the Spooptober episode of the Backlog, uh, 2023's Spooptober episode mm -hmm. uh, of the Backlog Breakdown. I'm one of your hosts, Nate, alongside my friend and co-host, Josh. Hello. If I could shove my hand through my face and wave at you, I would, but that's not possible. No, that is incredibly <laughs> unsettling. Um <laughs> I think that's going to be a word that gets used a lot tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and use other words, but that one so far uh, just almost perfectly encapsulates. <laughs> but to go back, um, there's another form. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if I hadn't botched the opening so terribly, 
Well, the only thing that I was going to mention is that we are here for a special episode because we were together with our book club episode mm-hmm. last week. And usually we have a bite size in between main episodes. But this week we wanted to drop this so that you could get your spooks in close enough to the, you know, All Hallows Eve festivities. I mean, at the time of recording, Josh, like you could release, we could release this on, on That's Reformation true. Day. Yeah. On. Yeah. That's a good point. So we could just, it'd be a little off our normal rhythm, mm-hmm. but you know, we've, we've, you know, I'm just saying we could, that's we true. could give them a little bit of a treat with no tricks. Ah, that's but true. Um, or maybe you release the first half and say it's the whole episode and then you don't actually get any of the conversation until, <laughs> until Wednesday. No, I'm kidding. That Josh is all about the tricks. <laughs> Um, it's tricky. Anyways, um, so how have I been? I've been good. No, 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 um, no. I want to know no. how it's, it's been with yes. you. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been good. Um, it's been up and down. So we, and I think I've talked about the car situation that we've had. We remedied that. So we found a vehicle. We now have uh, a Honda Odyssey minivan, which is going to serve us very, very well. Nice um, for hopefully for for a good long time. Low mileage. We're we're ha- very happy with it. Um. So so that that's definitely good. Still looking at selling the house. Um. We're still getting people seeing the house, but we have not gotten any offers at this point, which is taking longer than I would have thought. And so once again, forcing me to rely on the Lord and His timing rather than my own. Mm-hmm. However, um, and, and I had mentioned this before we started recording, um, we have decided on our moving date. Uh, we are going to be moving uh, right after Thanksgiving. So at, on Thanksgiving weekend, on that Saturday, the 25th of November, is when our, we're going to make our trek up to Iowa and and do that move. So one of the elders there at the church at Grace um, is is very generously providing us with some housing in a house that he's looking at selling um, and is currently vacant. So he offered that for our whole family for as long as we need until we get a house, uh, which is which is amazing. So that opened up the possibility of us going there before the house is you know fully sold, all that. Anyways, all that to say, we are moving end of November and then uh, we'll go from there. We'll see what life is like. We'll hit the ground running. It's been it's been fun um, talking with a number of the people there and in just kind of prepping and and starting work on Christmas season stuff already. So um, all that to say is, yeah, we've we've been good. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, just being honest, it's been a bit of a challenge. You know, again, relying on the Lord and His timing because I did not think it would take this long to sell my house, um, but clearly. Um, that's that's what God has for us, and so we're trusting in Him, so. dude. It's just like it's been. I think sort of what's an interesting sort of refrain is like this. None of this is really like worked out the way that you had <laughs> the past year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's just that's that a, is an understatement. It's very cool. Um, yeah, to see sort of like the provision there. Um, yeah. Yes. And just like how even though it hasn't been sort of like on your terms or what you expected that and, and you're yeah, you're able to just sort of like, you know, sort of like hang out, show up. Just go with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. So that is the plan. That's that's us, Brocco. So in the meantime, we wait, which is weird. But like I said, I, I have been able to work on a little mm-hmm. bit of stuff for for the next few months. But uh, but it's it is very odd, like not just kind of waiting for people to come by, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Anyways, how have you been, good sir? Um. Well, I'm just going to talk about this last week because it has okay. been bonkers. Um, mm, I remember that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the <laughs> Disney show with the weird thing that had like the Tigger tail. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, huh. <laughs> bonkers. He was like some sort of like ape or lemur or something. Oh, I thought he was more like cat-like, but. Okay. It just had a crazy tail. I just remember yeah. it was like a crazy long tail, but like he could like do the Tigger thing and turn it into a story. Anyways, uh, uh, wow, we just got off topic there. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, wow. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Um, <laughs> That's bonkers. Uh, that is bonkers. <laughs> Sunday, I'm feeling really good. My son got baptized. Yeah, yes. We had family in for the weekend. It was yeah. a really cool day. Um, Megan was like a little under the weather. Mm-hmm. And we had some leftovers and stuff, and we didn't have Tupperware. So I was like, I'll run okay. and I'll get us, like, I'll run down to Dollar General and get us some, like, t- cheap Tupperware and some, like, ibuprofen or something. Okay. So I go down there and I, I get the stuff, no incident. Uh, I get home and we live on a little bit of a hill. And okay. I park my Jeep facing downhill, but I always park it behind okay. this, like, utility pole. And um, because it's an older Jeep, I don't necessarily 100% trust like the the parking brake or whatever. Okay. It's also like I said, it's an older Jeep and so sometimes like there are things that you shouldn't be able to do, like remove <laughs> the key without putting the vehicle in park. But you can uh, do that. And uh I just happened to do that on Sunday mm. night. Um and I'm I'm gonna say this as like this is like kind of like a like stupid Nate good God kind of like moment. Mm. Um, so I had parked it a, like a little bit off so that it wasn't like normally I park it like a lot more behind the the light pole. Yeah. Um, but I had kind of like parked it a little off of it. Anyway, so I get out of the jeep. The jeep starts rolling down the hill. Oh. And I freak out. Yeah. And I try to stop the Jeep. Like I try to like jump back into the Jeep or like get my foot in and jam on the brake or something. Yeah. And the Jeep rolls. And cause like I'm looking at it and it looks like it's going to not hit the light pole. Okay. Or the utility pole. And it ends up skinning the utility pole and which which ends up stopping it but it's like one of those things where if it had been over like a couple of inches i probably would have been like pulled along and maybe crushed between my jeep and this this light pole oh my gosh or the jeep would have just like i would have gotten like pulled off by the pole and the jeep would just continue rolling down the hill into my neighbor's property yeah, at the very least, like you, yeah. you know, it might, um, which would have oh. done a lot more. But, sure. anyways, like and it, like, just even saying this is like it's like one of those things where I can very much see the hand of God. Um, yeah, 
just because like it was in, in in enough of a decent spot where it's like like I said it ended up skinning the utility pole and that was like enough to stop it. Now it did wreck my front left turn signal. Okay. So that meant now I have to replace this turn signal and the thing is like it's not I I get looking at it the next day when I get home from work and the turn signal shield is busted out. Okay. And so okay it's like most like 20 bucks to replace that you know i could probably find them cheaper than that but then there's like a socket that's part of the bulb unit um and that was gooned up and it was actually like smoking (laughs) Hmm. like the because it's just like these little like tabs and okay one of them was like all mangled so i had to i had to get that replacement socket i started looking around for that replacement socket it's not manufactured anymore Hmm. Um, and so it was like, I found after a couple of days of searching online, like, you know, cause like, you know, on my lunch break or whatever I'm looking, I found like a couple things that might end up working. Okay. Megan has a cousin who works for like a, a pick a part yard where it's like, mm-hmm. yep. yep. And I just called him and I was like, Hey Bren, like I need X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, okay, let me look around. I'll, you know, I have this in stock, but I'll look for the socket. Anyways, that being said, so that's that's what I'm dealing with Sunday into Monday. Monday, I come mm-hmm. home from lunch, okay, and this is before, like, this is sort of I'm working on replacing the turn signal and all this other stuff. I, I come home for lunch. I go downstairs to grab a clean work shirt. got something on my shirt, just whatever. And sure. I hear water draining. And we'd had like a pinhole leak in our hot water tank for like a while. And I noticed like a little bit of water on the floor, but it wasn't anything like to worry about. Yeah. I hear water draining. I'm like, where's this water like coming from? I look over and I can actually see water coming out of my hot water tank at the base, like enough to like, I can see movement in like a stream towards the drain. And I'm going like, oh no. Yeah. So I call a plumber. He's like, 1400 bucks. I can be in, be out. I'll take the old unit, whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. that sounds great. He's like, I don't take card. <laughs> I'm like, well, that is not great because <laughs> I don't have $1,400 in cash and I'm not giving you a check. So, okay, I'll try something else. So at this point mm-hmm. in time, like I'm committed to like, I'm staying home Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I start pricing it out and I'm like, you know, it's like maybe eight or $900 for all the, all the, the, the pieces. Well, yeah. yeah, And I'd reach out to some guys from church and the one guy said he would come help me, but he only worked in copper. He didn't do any of like the shark bite stuff. And then I, I, I called my dad up and we were talking and, and, uh, you know, he kind of walked me through, he's like, okay, this is like the stuff that you're going to need for the, like, what are you going to need for the project? Mm Mm-hmm. So I make the order from Lowe's and I ended up replacing my hot water heater by myself. Nice. Um, and what I will say is that that shark bite stuff is it's it's like witchcraft. If you have to do uh-huh. any like plumbing project, dude, it is ridiculous. Like okay. there's like a little like shark bite tool that sort of like deburs the pipe mm-hmm. and then you get like the PEX line. And you just get the right gauge on this stuff. And it's just like, like, it's like, like, you know, I taped it. I screwed stuff in where it needed to be screwed. I, and it was like, then you just 
put the line in and it's good and that's it hmm. it's amazing like i am so tickled um <laughs> wow. the only snag and instead of like seven or eight hours of work it was like three. <laughs> oh like, wow yeah um you know it was like one of those things uh the only thing was that i had ordered a three foot section of flex line for my gas line because mm-hmm. i had like the old black uh black iron pipes okay yeah and they they didn't have well they had a one three foot section of flex line with two male receptacles so i went to lowe's and i got all my stuff and the last thing i need to do is hook up this flex line and i pop it open and i'm like it doesn't have both male receptacles shoot oh so i go back to lowe's and i'm like hey this is supposed to have two of these it does not have two of those i was like i'm gonna need another one so I go back and I'm looking. They don't have any more. They have four foot lines, but I don't need four foot line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a three foot line. And I end up getting a four foot line. Mm. But not from Lowe's because I was mad at them um, <laughs> at that point in time. I, I went across the street to the Home Depot and got a four foot mm-hmm. line. And now I have a, a yellow flex line with a loop in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not pretty, but... Uh, it works, and now it's like one of those things where it's like, well, I can do this. And yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, going to hire a plumber yeah. for for stuff like this anymore. Like, if I can do it, if I can kind of figure it out, and and the other thing is like, my dad, like, he was like on the phone with me through most of it, just kind of okay. like talking, talking me through some of the stuff that I didn't know, and then just like kind of being like moral support, and it was like, it was neat. Nice. So Dude, I felt very awesome. manly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, that can be a scary job working with gas. Uh, yeah. I mean, you just do like a bubble test, you know, like, mm-hmm. so you, you tape everything up like that you're, you're screwing in, you make sure mm-hmm. that it's, it's snug. And then you, when you reconnect it and you turn it back on and stuff, you just, you take a little bit of soapy water. And like a brush or if you have a spray bottle and you just sort of, you soak the the joint hmm. and you just soak the joints and you just watch them for like a minute or two. And if you see bubbles, you turn the gas back off, you pop that joint open, you retape it, you reseal it and away you go. Okay. Nice. So, um, but we're not done. There's more. Oh, okay. Um, but wait. this Thursday. I went and saw the Dropkick Murphys play. Oh, yeah. Dude, so, how was that? That was fun. Um, the other deacon from church ended up getting tickets for like a kind of like a, a box, like kind of like a suite okay. with his huh. neighbor. Had, wow. and they, they were, And then I ended up getting us uh, uh, seats instead because like there were floor okay. tickets and stuff and like general yeah. admin but i was like i'm old and i want to sit <laughs> like i want to sit um mm. and we went and so it was there were three acts and the the first guy he was good he was i think his name was jesse ahern um okay. and he was kind of like a folksy solo act kind of thing kind of like bob dylan-esque oh okay um, and it, it, he was all right it just wasn't like my cup of tea Um, but then the second act was this band called the interrupters Okay, and their show was almost as good as the Murphy's. Whoa. Nice. They were awesome. Uh, it's like this sort of nineties 
punk ska kind of sound like and if you don't like that then you're not going to have as much fun with it but like sure it's like a it's like a four piece it's like three brothers and then it's it's fronted by a girl who goes okay. by the the name Amy Interrupter um <laughs> and on some of their albums they've had guys from like uh Tim Armstrong from Rancid okay has mm-hmm. done like guest vocals on on songs, and Tim is not a great vocalist, but I still I like his stuff because I like Rancid. Mm-hmm. But like that, like if you like that late nineties, early aughts era punk, and there's definitely like a lot of like ska infusion. Like a couple of their tracks have horns. The standout tracks, as far as I'm concerned, are they do a cover of Billie Eilish's uh, mm-hmm. "A Bad Guy," okay, and it's it's kind of fun, like. You know, that song is not awesome, but their cover of it is enjoyable. And then um, they have a song called uh, either it's just called Kerosene or She's Kerosene. And it's a really okay. great single. Um, and like those, the, like, and if you like those songs, like check out their catalog. But uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And then the Murphys. So the thing with the Murphys was, and it was a great show and I loved it. And it was like, they've been like one of my favorite bands since I was like 16. So, Mm -hmm. and this is the first time I'd ever seen them. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. I had plans to go see them the year that I got deployed. Gotcha. Um, But it's kind of hard to go see your favorite band when you're all the way across (laughs) like an ocean world. Like you're practically on the other side of the world. Um, So, and then it was like for the troops tour or anything like that. Yeah. um, (laughs) I did get to see Robin Williams when I was deployed. Uh, He was part of a USO show and that was kind of cool. Wow. Um, Dang. He's really funny. Um, Yeah. Very, very crass, but very, very funny. Uh, Um, I feel like he had to open his show with good morning, right? He might have Good done morning, the bit. Iraq he, I can't like remember. Like he might have, have to. It was it was in the evening, so he okay. might have gone like "Good evening, Iraq," you know, yeah. instead yeah. instead of. But, um, anyways, yeah, maybe maybe I I don't remember that particular detail, but it feels it feels like it that that feels canon in my opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so yeah, first the time thing, seeing the Murphys, yeah, yeah, first time seeing the Murphys, and it was great. Uh, they played a couple of their their older songs, and I really love. Like the thing is, like mm-hmm. the band is way different <laughs> than okay. when I first started listening to them. Gotcha. Like Ken Casey and Al Barr were the front men for that band for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken used to play bass, I think. He okay. no longer, or he might have played guitar. I can't remember. Wait, but he used to play something. He no longer plays anything, and he's the only front man now. Um, he's gotcha. the only, like he's the only lead vocals. And, it, and I was talking to my buddy, Jeremy, the other deacon, and, uh, he said that Al Barr, uh, the other vocalist mm-hmm. had something a couple years ago, maybe something when like he was basically, he kind of left the band to stay home and, or to, to stay close to his mom who wasn't doing well. Okay. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Cause it's like, you know, you're used to like the, like, it wasn't really even like. They were both kind of like dirty vocals, but not right, like screamy right, yeah. dirty vocals. But like, mm-hmm. so that was kind of like a little bit of a bummer. Ken Casey was also, um, he was in the middle of losing his voice. So, he, <laughs> and he's not like a really like dynamic 
yeah. vocalist to begin with, sure. but like he was definitely not hitting the high notes that night. Yeah, um, gotcha. Even for him, but he had gotten a shot of steroids prior to the show oh, to be wow. able to perform um, to help with whatever was going on with his throat. And, uh, but I mean, it, it was really cool. Like I said, there, there were a few songs that I wish like, I was looking at their set list and I was really excited because there were like a couple in there that I, w- I really liked and they didn't play those, but they did play some from like some of their older stuff that I like. Like they, um, they played, uh, boys on the docks, which is like, that's from mm-hmm. like their first EP. Um, oh, wow. so like, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty great. Um, nice. It, like and nice. dude, like their the the show was just like technically super impressive. Like they had this giant screen, and they were doing like, um, they had like a camera, so they were doing like live shots of like, mm-hmm. like these, like it was, and they had like crazy stuff playing on the background sometimes. But it was it was it was a ton of fun. It might be the only time I ever get to see them, and I'm sure it's I'm so glad, and I'm actually like I'm I'm. I'm sporting a little bit. Nice. Of, I bought yeah. a little bit of Murphy swag, and Megan ended up going with me. And, awesome. Which is like really like punk and rock and all that. It's not mm-hmm. really her vibe, but she went and gotcha. she actually really enjoyed the interrupters. So okay, she got she uh, she got a little bit of interrupter swag, and uh, that's so cool. Yeah, we we had a ton of fun. We we kind of made a whole date out of it that night, mm-hmm. and. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a blast. It was like yeah. so this week has just been like chock full of like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can um, see it. Man, but that's intense. It's been like lots of like some like not low lows, but it's like, oh, almost like wrecked my car and <laughs> Yeah. I had to replace my water heater, and that's kind of not great. Yeah, but then yeah, no it's joke. also really cool stuff like going to see the Murphys and actually mm-hmm. replacing my water heater. And mm-hmm. like, I wish I didn't have to spend and, all that money, but it did feel good right. to like do the job. And yep, yeah, you know. Um, so it's just like it's kind of just been. Well, whatever. and you skated over it earlier, but and Byron's baptism too. That was super cool. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that was a given. Yeah, that was really cool. Like I said, um, family came a lot. Like my my uncle and my aunt, who are Presbyterian, they came in. Mm-hmm. My parents came in. Um, Megan's uh, dad and stepmom and and her sisters and like that that whole like we took up like three rows. Um, yeah, and that's awesome. <laughs> so, so it cool. was it was cool. Um, you know, and I I think like you know, there's a lot of things I'm still sort of processing, but like what was really kind of encouraging sort of going back to that. And that was mm-hmm. like the beginning of the week. So it was right. like this high point right. where I was like yeah. I was just coming in the week like like floating mm-hmm. and then I wrecked my car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it's it's kind of like this reminder that like you know that the family is an important unit, but it's not the only unit unit in that child's life, mm-hmm. and that it really like raising these children is it it is kind of like it takes a village, but more appropriately, it takes a church mm-hmm. to raise children, and that like that is his family like th- those are his older brothers and sisters and his fathers and mothers and uncles and aunts in in Christ. Mm. And 
Antonio. Uh, it was just, it was a really cool and encouraging and kind of a challenging moment too, where it's like, yeah. And I think like, you know, leaning into that. So it was, it was, yeah. it was very cool. Um, it's just been, just been, it's been a wild month. Yeah. And just like, last week was really wild so yeah it's mm. just been and then to top it off like i was trying to like squeeze in time to play this weird game that was freaking <laughs> me all the way out yeah um, <laughs> but um let's just go ahead roll right into the backlog report and talk oh, about yes. like the things that we've been into lately that's a good idea so, I got my report you got your list handy that is a, a very colorful list i, I like it yeah it's, like very nice yellow, orangish mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. It's definitely a piece of paper on which my list is written out. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> no, no lie there. Um, yeah. So so there's there's tons of stuff. There the backlog report. It's when we report on things that we knocked off our backlog, sort of, kind of. It's, or maybe well, our backlog is it's grown. The, the the things that we generally talk about are the things mm -hmm. that we've been enjoying or partaking of. That's right. Specifically in the realms of books. Mm -hmm. uh, movies, films, mm -hmm. and uh, video, and the video games. The video games, yeah. Sometimes, so, occasionally, we do dip into like music and stuff too. That's true. That's true. Um, but it, at least when I'm looking at my report, yeah, we, I've I've got books here, and I have been doing some reading. So two of these are just audiobooks. I say just audiobooks. I just I like listening to audiobooks, but I only say just because. You know, generally, I don't get as much information out of audiobooks as I do physical books because I'm doing other mm -hmm. things at the same time. Um, but I enjoy them a lot, and I still gain a lot from listening to them. So, anyways, that's why I suggest audio. As a brief aside, there's that mm -hmm. uh, there's that book, How to Read Well. Yeah, um, yeah. And they talk about like your initial sort of like flyover mm -hmm. of of like they're the, like just sort of like read it and just kind of keep moving. Yep. Audiobooks do a great job of that. Yes. Like yes. where if you just kind of like want to get like the broad strokes, the broad like overview, like audiobooks are perfect for that. Mm -hmm. If you So yeah. I was just so, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 very helpful. And uh, so what I listen, what I listen to, um, and I, I don't remember if I'd listened to this before, but regardless, um, it, it's a book called Leadership Strategy and Tactics by Jocko Willink. Um, so if you know Jocko Willink, he's a um, extreme ownership guy, and and this was kind of along those same lines. Um, although it does kind of delve into his his other book, the Leadership Dichotomy. You know, sort of like yes, be extreme, but also recognize there's another side to these things as well. Um, and so yeah, this this is just more well, it's leadership strategy. Uh, so so strategy and tactics and ways to approach being a good leader basically and and um you know it's interesting because we see uh leadership in you know if you look to the the uh, right the some of the best pictures of leadership that we have in the scriptures you, you think of Jesus and he led uh, by serving as well and that's what mm -hmm. that's kind of how Jocko comes at this as well is um the the best leadership is the leadership that serves those who are under you. They're not just there to be used, um, but it is it is an act of service as well. Now, does that mean you always like it it means the buck stops with you. You it's you're not um you are still in 
you're still the authority because that's what it means to lead. Um, but you are also looking for the best of all your, all of those who are under you as well. I, so anyways, I it's just an interesting way to look at it. What's what interesting saying? about that model is like a lot of times, yeah, the, the servant leaders model, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the, and, and correct, I mean, correct me or you know, push back or whatever you need to do if, if mm-hmm. I'm wrong here. But I think like the, the emphasis is that it's not just about like, it's about knocking down the obstacles that sort of, get in the way of the worker, right? Mm-hmm. Like good leadership and good management in my, in my opinion. Okay. So this is just my opinion. And, and, and this is when I was in those positions, this is what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I did it well or not, I can't always be the judge of that. You know, that's sure. That's, but good leadership sort of knocks down obstacles, like sort of, and equips yeah. the people doing the actual work. Mm-hmm. And so like what you do is you you kind of, you make sure that they have the training, that they have yep. the support, that they have the equipment that they need and that they have the information that they need to do their job well. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, and sometimes it means that you're the bullet catcher. Right. It's like to, to give you an example, like, you know, it's like there were many times when I'd be in leadership positions and someone above me would say, we want this level of productivity or we want this level of yield. I'm like, okay, well, we can do that. But then if we do that, we have to, this, like, you know. There are trade-offs. There are trade-offs. Mm-hmm. And when the, I'm trying to speak vaguely about this. Sure. Because yeah. I don't want to get. Um, <laughs> anyone. Let's just say that when I worked for a theoretical transportation company mm-hmm. at one point in time and I was coordinating drivers and routes and stuff like this management came to me and they said theoretically mm-hmm. um we we need more we need more more product moved mm-hmm. and I said okay well the problem is and theoretically this is a conversation yeah, that, that I yeah. may have mm-hmm. had with them yeah. obviously um the conversation might have gone something along the lines of like, okay, well, the thing is, we're sort of already running at legal weight limits here. And we're running at, you know, around the legal speed limits, you know, in this case. So right. there's not a lot of like downtime. So I don't know where that's going to come from. And it's like, well, we we need to, we need to be seeing more productivity and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay well here's the thing is we can tell these guys to start hauling more or to go faster i said but you can't expect them to take on the like you're asking them to take on risk i said Mm -hmm. so like if they get pulled over if they have to stop at a way station and they're over or they get pulled over are you going to cover the cost of those tickets sure well, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Theoretically, my response would have been like, it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. You either like we're sort of at capacity for, for productivity, mm-hmm. like under these sort of restrictions. If you right. want more than that, then you can't realistically ask them to assume all the risk while you reap all the reward. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. 
And then that conversation might not have been that civil, but it was kind <laughs> of like one of these things where it's like, yeah. theoretically, that right. conversation might not have been that civil. Um, but and that's that's the problem is that a lot of the 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 leadership models that we're seeing today, and I know this is a bit of a side tangent, mm-hmm. but this has kind of been like pressing on me a lot lately. I've been thinking about okay. this a good bit. Okay. Um, is that it's just like there is this push to do more. The this push, like you know, we, we've got to do more, do more, do more. But then when you talk about like the trade offs, it's like, well, no, no, you need yeah. to be operating at this level, but you just need to be doing it faster. I'm like, no, this is the level that I operate on, so that I mm-hmm. can hit these benchmarks, right? Like, and this is the speed that, like, it's it's kind of like. It's just it's it's interesting how and and again it comes at that that term that I've been talking about like I've I've kind of bandied about but like the brutal efficiency or the brutal p- productivity where the only thing that matters is what they can get out of you hmm. and that's really unfortunate like because yeah. that's not and, and frankly it's not helpful healthy or sustainable right like what happens is right. you just it's very short term yeah you burn people out um, they lose morale mm-hmm. it's like like the, the 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 best sort of like model is like something like McDonald's or these fast food restaurants. They they bring you in, they give you this monotonous kind of mindless work. They're like, do it faster, do it faster, do it faster. But there's no there's no actual reward for being highly effective or highly efficient. Like there there's no incentive to actually excel. Mm-hmm. There's just sort of like the threat of like, well, if you don't do it, we'll fire you. And it's like, well, you, you know, and then it's yeah. like, yeah. like kids, like, like, you know, somebody's like, oh, this job sucks anyways. I'm going right. to, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Like, you know, just like, and I don't know. It's, it's just kind of interesting. And I do, I just do think it's like, it's so, and again, I haven't read the book or anything, but if that's mm-hmm. why he's sort of, if something, he's advocating for something like that, I'm like, that's something that more people need to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so this, and it is an older book. It's not, but I think he released a second edition and this was the first edition that I was listening to, if I remember correctly, because he had said something about it on Instagram. And so then I was like, Oh, I'll check it out. And so then I was, yeah, it's the library. Cool. I'll, I'll listen to it. And, uh, it just strikes me kind of looking back on it. I didn't necessarily realize this at the time. I just thought, Oh yeah, these are some really good strategies because I'm going to be taking on more responsibility in my new role as a pastor on staff at a church. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just kind of prepping, giving myself ideas, kind of stuff like that. And so um, it is interesting just kind of reflecting on it. And it's like, okay, yeah, no, I see this um, servant leadership model. Now I understand that that term has baggage attached to it. Um, It's just hard for me to get away from it because I do see that in Jesus leadership. Like, Mm -hmm. frankly, you know, he tells his, his disciples in the upper room, you know, um, be like me. I'm washing your feet, guys. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I am one with God and I'm washing your feet, even of the guy who I know is about to, you know, the traitorous guy who's going to I am me God the, the Son. Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah. I am the anointed one. I am the Son. Yeah. I'm washing your feet, including the feet of the dude that I know is going to sell me to the Pharisees. Right. Right. I have come as a servant. And so, and so I use that term because I think it encapsulates that. I also understand the critique of like, and, and I think it's a good critique is that you don't base your leadership. People under you main, you don't always make the most popular decisions 
to the people that yeah. you are leading. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the fault of, of some people who talk about servant leadership. It doesn't, it doesn't have to feel good to everyone. You are the leader. You make the decisions. Um, but it is supposed to be. And in- you want to make the decisions that are best for overall yeah. and long-term health. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So anyways, it's a good book. It gives exactly what it says is just some tactics and strategies on how to do that um, and okay. that kind of mindset as well. So um, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just listen through it. I'm sure I'll go come back to it at some other time uh, to kind of get a refresher of it. Another one that I listened to is one by Nancy Piercy. If you don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd listen to another book that she's written called Love Thy Body. And I really liked that one. It was kind of talking about um, it, sort of pushing up against this uh, sort of, I was going to say postmodern, but that's not the right word. Um, the, the, um, the idea of the dichotomy between um body and soul kind of the, the how we mm. uh, the gnostic idea you know that the physical yeah. things are so so that in and so anyways i had i had listened to that book and i liked that she's an academic as well um and so she released this book recently called the toxic war on masculinity and i was just interested to listen through it and i thought i thought it's good um I do think it felt a bit scattered at times. Uh, another thing is that because I've been looking into these issues of masculinity, particularly from a biblical perspective, from a number of different sources, a lot of what she says um, I've already heard, and so it wasn't necessarily eye-opening. Um, there were some things that she said, especially some statistics that she shared that I thought um, that were really impactful, um, something along the lines of uh, of the effects of of uh, Christianity and households and, and passing that down to, um, to children and that how uh, this really stuck out to me, how I don't remember the exact percentages, but basically, um, the amount of, uh, spousal abuse in, in houses, uh, excuse me, in households where, um, the head, the, yeah, the men, the husbands, are attending church regularly is extremely low if they are involved in the church. But nominal Christians who only attend sporadically and aren't very involved, it's actually higher than the national average. So that that really kind of stuck out to me of like, oh wow. So like if you're if you're just playing with this stuff and you have this vague idea of a God and this vague idea of cons- of biblical concepts of like headship and marriage, but your worldview is not that of scripture, like often that is used abusively. Whereas if you actually understand, again, I guess this kind of goes back to that servant leadership thing, right? Um, If you actually understand like what leadership, what God calls you to as the head of a household, um, then it's actually extremely low. Um, You have a very low chance just statistically of, of having that abuse within the marriage. So I, Mm. I thought that in particular was very interesting, but, but she traces a lot of these things. I don't agree with all of her conclusions. And again, it felt a little scattered at times, um, but, but overall it was good. So um, it's, it's, it's an interesting look into that. So 
Sorry, I feel like I'm, I'm just going on and on here. The last book, I did actually read this. I picked up a Kindle Oasis recently, and, and I've been trying to read more, but of course this year has just been crazy. Um, but this book called The Path to Becoming a Pastor by Bobby Jameson, he um, is a part of a, I think it's a parachurch group, but it could be, it could be tied to, um, but he works at Mark Dever's church. Okay. And uh, he has this program for basically training up men to become pastors. Um, and so he, yeah, he wrote this book to kind of talk about very specific things in uh, that you're going to be dealing with kind of as a pastor. And I really liked it short little chapters. Um, but there's, there's a good amount of them and it's one that I will probably be going back to and referencing, um, just the, that calling and the standard of, of what, God has called pastors to. I mean, I, I think there could be some value for for lay people to read this as well, just because it's not that it's not that um, pastors and lay people have different standards. It's it's not like we're all called to be holy as God is holy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that there are some disqualifying things for pastors. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, Anyways, I I really enjoyed it. I actually just finished it the other day. Um, and again, I will be going back to it. So that's what I've been reading. And sorry for the, yeah. the essays. <laughs> but no, what about you? I, as far as reading goes, the only thing uh, really sort of worth talking about is uh, besides the uh, wiki for faith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, has been uh, the I've been sort of just like really enjoying my time with those those Fletch books. Okay, um, how many are there? So, there's ten. Okay, um, yeah. And so I'm on go. Son of Fletch. <laughs> well, it just um, sounds like a mild cuss. Son of Fletch. Son of Fletch. So apparently, I'm done with Son of Fletch. Okay, and all go. that's left is Fletch Reflected, which is the last mm. last book. Really, the I did listen to uh, Stephen King's fairy tale. Okay, um, which was fine. Hmm. It was like I mean, I, Stephen King's like one of those guys, and I listened to that a while ago, and I can't remember if I mentioned. It. But like Stephen King is just—I think he's a bit of a workhorse, and I think he's like a yeah. pretty solid writer um, for the most mm-hmm. part. Like I don't love all of his stuff, right? Um, but he kind of dabbles into horror. Well, dabbles like he's actually a bit of a master of horror in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. uh, I listened to this book called uh, Fairy Tale by Stephen King, and it's it's newer and it's it was fine. It was enjoyable, but I didn't think it was like anything. It didn't really. At the end of it, I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Like it, yeah. it was good. It was like, "Oh, it's it's a not even really a page turner." It was just like a, a fun little kind of romp, and it was like. He played with a lot of like the fairy tale tropes. It's definitely targeted, mm-hmm. I think, to a little bit of a younger audience. Okay, but but there's some stuff in it where I'm like, it it feels like it feels like he was trying to write a a young adult book. Yeah. Um, but there's but then stuff in there at times. But he forgets, like, because it's Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And right. um, I'm just like, yeah, I'm I think not sure it, that I'm just like, there's a bunch of kids, but. Uh, they do some not so childish things, anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's all I've really been uh, as far as books. That's all I've been reading. Like I have 
sort of started, I did start The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment contentment okay. by jeremiah burroughs a while yeah. ago but it's kind of like just like i read a little bit and then i'm like oh this is heavy my head hurts okay. sure yeah like yeah. that's how it goes so that's that's as far as reading that's really all i've got i cool. you know fletch is good i would say like the the biggest thing is like it's not really a recommendation it's like they're fun sort of like mysteries yeah they're not always great at like drawing the lines that you need okay um okay i tell you there was one okay so there it's a book called fletch two but it's fletch comma t-o-o okay and fletch as well yeah fletch as well kind of um that might be my favorite one so far but okay. son of fletch is also very good um nice so son of fletch it's very obvious like you know he's it's about a character who may or may not be Fletch's son. Right. Um, Fletch yeah. two is about a character who may or may not be Fletch's father. Um, ah, gotcha. Cause he, he didn't grow up. He didn't know his dad growing up. Okay. Um, so it's, those two have been my favorite and I just think, I think they're fun books. I, I like yeah. the character. He's got some really loose morals. Sure. But he's he's kind of a who, and he's this dude who just wants to know what the truth is, and he's curious, and he's clever, and he just kind of like, he's an investigative reporter, journalist, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a detective, and it's just, uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. So. Well, th- that's that's actually great. Speaking of detective stories, actually, the next thing on my list, on my report list here, is movies or, or shows or you know stuff okay. like that. And one movie that my wife and I watched the other night is called Reptile, and it's starring Benicio del Toro. If you know who he is, and it also has uh, Justin Timberlake and Alicia Silverstone in it, which is hilarious because she plays she plays it straight. You know, I, I just think of her as kind of like, you know, the dumb blonde. Um, but no, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, all that to say is she it is. I saw her something in something not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, oh, it was a couple years ago at this point in time, but it was the wimpy of the, di- uh, the, the diary, diary of a wimpy, of a wimpy kid. kid. Okay. And I saw her and it, like, like, listen, this is not like high drama or anything, but she was really good in those. Okay. Like okay. she was solid. And I was like, is kind of like, I was like, I'm glad that you found like a vehicle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the it yeah. girl thing, like Clueless was fun, mm-hmm. but like, I don't really think she had, but it was like, I'm glad you found something. Yeah. Like yeah. anyways. Yeah. Continue, and she, she doesn't play a big part, but it's just like, oh yeah, her. Cause yeah, I typically don't watch movies with her in it, you know? So. I mean, she's the mom of the main character in those yeah. movies. So it's mm-hmm. like, again, not a main character. Not, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's just different than kind of what you, what you'd imagine. But mm-hmm. anyways, it is, it is a, a murder mystery story. Uh, Benicio del Toro is a detective and uh, you know, just kind of uncovering this murder and how it happened and all that stuff. Um, over, I think it's a Netflix. I think it was only released on Netflix. If I'm correct, could be wrong about that. Um, but it is, it was good. Like I enjoyed it watching it. Um, it wasn't, it's, it's not great. 
So it's, it's kind of a sort of recommend. I mean, it's a fun watch. I'll probably never watch it again. Um, it's done well, like it's shot well. And Benicio del Toro is, is a great actor. Like I think, I think he especially like kills it. Uh, no pun intended. Um, I did kind of figure out what was going on a little bit before, which was, kind of surprising i typically don't do that samantha's much better at that um but i kind of you know pause the movie i was like this is what's going on and she was like oh you're right and that's what ended up happening but um anyways i mean it was towards the end of the movie it wasn't a big deal but all that all that to say is it was it's a good it's a good watch but it's not something that's gonna yeah knock your socks off or anything like that but it, it had some cool stuff um the the some of the production value or maybe maybe yeah there was some stuff about it like it's not it's not fully all the way, you know, yeah, like triple A feeling, mm-hmm. um, but it's done well for what it is. So anyways, uh, we did watch that. It was fun. Um, I watched, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but it is, you know, spooky episode, right? I did watch Five Nights at Freddy's uh, because I wanted to see if it was okay. So I've heard that it's geared towards kids because it's a PG-13 horror movie. And so I wanted to watch it to see if I could watch it with Ollie who's eight years old at this point uh, to see if it would be his first horror movie. Cause he's into spooky stuff. Um, okay. But that said, uh, there are a couple scenes that I wouldn't want him or a couple images, I guess that I wouldn't want him seeing. And then overall kind of where it went, I was like, nah, this is pushing it a bit too much for an eight year old. So I'm not going to end up watching it with him. Um, it was, it was honestly, it was all right. Um, like it was, it was fun while I was watching it, but it did feel a little cheap at times. Um, although it does kind of, because apparently five nights at Freddy's is like nine games long and there's tons of lore and this only gets Mm -hmm. into a little bit of it. So there is plenty of room for them to do more with it. Um, and there were some like for a horror movie geared towards younger people like, okay, yeah, it was, it was done well. Um, but there were, yeah, there, it also felt a little cheap at times. And I'm not just talking about the animatronics. Like those were good. Um, just, you know, the, the, I guess overall kind of production quality felt a little off to me, but it wasn't necessarily geared towards me, but you know, video games. So, um, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Apparently it's making a bunch of money, which is great. So, well, and it's, it's sort of an, it's granted, it's no like super Mario movie, but it is interesting that we're sort of coming into a, like a time period where like the last of us television show did really, uh-huh. really well. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Sonic super Mario movies, brothers movie Mario. did yeah. really like phenomenally well. The Sonic movies What's, are supposed to be okay. What is like, it? Gran good, Turismo? Is that the one Gran, that came out? Gran Turismo. And then it's like, you've got this five nights at Freddy's movie and it's mm-hmm. people are like, it's, I don't think it's like, you know, knocking anybody over, but mm-hmm. I think the general consensus sort of what I've seen in the server. And then even just sort of bro- in, in a broader sense, it's like, people are like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's good. It's fine. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Like it's, it's not and, and a waste he, of your time. Right, right. It is it is good. Here's what it is, though, is that if you're a fan of the games, you'll probably really like it. Um, but for someone who hasn't played any of the games, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a passable horror flick. It's like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, I say that saying, like, 
they can go to some crazy stuff in the sequels, which will probably be even better or more up my alley or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, it was not bad by any means. So, um, and then finally, the last thing that I want to bring up is, is this was actually directly related to the discord. And of course the filthy weeb channel, um, that I delve into occasionally, uh, someone mentioned an anime and how it's like this wacky comedy and it reminded me horse girl anime, aren't you? Do you even know me, sir? I'm. I, Are we going to have to end this episode I'm, I'm, I'm right be, here? That, like that. That's. Do me, I need to close my sir. laptop? Taking taking my jabs. Um. No, that is not what I'm watching. Um, Good. But it reminded me of this other uh, anime manga. I actually have the first volume of the manga, and this is how I, how I'd find found it. It's called Cromarty High School, and okay. it is a pure Japanese comedy. And it, I say it's pure comedy because it's, it's satire, like up the wall of these, these punk kids in this high school, kind of like Yu Yu Hakusho, like that's what, that's what comes to mind of like these kids who just want to get in fights, but they're all, you know, like 15, 16, but they look like 30 year olds and they're jacked and, you know, and, and there's so many like visual gags and all of it's just a complete joke. And it's hilarious if you're a fan of anime. That it'll only make sense. Like the jokes and the satire only make sense if you're a fan of anime. Super weird, random stuff that happens. A kid, a kid at this high school looks like Freddie Mercury. Um, he's okay. just like wearing pants and suspenders and he's real hairy and everything and he never talks. Um, and, and everyone's just like, what, who is this kid? Like, he, is he even a kid? Like, why does he go here? There's another kid at the school that's a gorilla. There's another kid that's uh, a robot. And it just it's just, it's ridiculous and it's hilarious. And it's on uh, Amazon Prime if you want to go check it out. So that's yeah. what I've been watching. Um, That actually sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Um, it's so dumb. So it's something, it. I'm going to d- mention something that Wes put on my radar that I have mm-hmm. not watched yet. But I really want to, uh, based on not only his description of it, okay. but um, just, but it's it's a British show thing mm. called "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared." And it's got like puppets oh. and claymation. Oh, I remember and, this. And he was like, he he sent me a message. He's like, "Have you ever seen this? Do you know anything about that?" I was like, "I have no idea." So then I went. He's sort of pitching it to me a little bit and then I googled it and I'm like nope this is up my alley um so at some point in time I'm probably going to dip into that well of insanity um and mm, insanity is a good word to, to use to describe because it. I'm it's, just like it oh just boy. looks like just bonkers yeah weird, nuts um, yeah as far as uh actual things that I have been watching sort of let me pull I kind of, uh, it's like there are two shows that Megan watches with consistency that I'll sit in on. Mm-hmm. And it's one is called uh, Call the Midwife. Yep. Um, and she's watched that before. Like, and so she's just got sometimes episodes running on in the background. And I'll sit, it's like sure. one of those shows where I will sit, like, I do not watch it faithfully. But sometimes if it's on, I just sit down and watch it with her. Mm-hmm. I like that show. But like okay. I said, it's okay. like, I'm not going to like just like watch it on my own. Yeah, it's like it is very much like if it's on, I'll sit down and watch it. Um, I've mentioned that before, but tonight we we were actually watching an episode of Taskmaster. Okay, um, 
So it's like sort of like a skit improv. It's not even skits. Um, they mm-hmm. get a, like um, they had five. It's like they have five participants who are like comedians or actors or whatever. Okay, and they basically give them these tasks and then they grade them on these tasks. And sometimes gotcha. it's like really like one of the challenges on one of the episodes we were watching earlier was uh, create a serious piece of like artistic work based on uh head and shoulders knees and toes knees mm. and toes yeah and so like there was one that was like this dramatic like weird french nouveau thing like it, and it's just funny it's yeah. just funny and it's dumb and um it makes me laugh yeah yeah like <laughs> And sometimes it's like, it's like, sometimes it's like one of the challenges we were watching is like, okay, you've got to pop this balloon as far away from you as possible without looking, without seeing it. Oh, wow. And so like the common sense solution and two people did this and the one dude did it very poorly is like, you just kind of like, you, you fling the balloon and then you turn around. <laughs> like, Okay. Or you close your eyes while you're throwing the balloon or whatever, you know, it's like, uh-huh. but then there's like this, there's all this stuff where it's like, you can use like this stick to poke it and like, you can make like a, like, it's just, it's just kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just funny. And then the, the guys who sort of grade their actions or whatever, like there's a bunch of like, they basically roast the people who are doing this too. So sure. it's yeah. it's fun. It's very British, and <laughs> it it's Megan likes it. And when she's watching it, I sit down and watch it too because it's fun. Nice. Um, in addition to that, uh, you mentioned some weeb garbage. I will mention mm-hmm. a piece of weeb garbage I have been watching also. Um, a while ago, I checked out a show called A Certain Magical Index. Mm-hmm. I liked it enough that I started like Googling around and and there has been an individual who shall not be named that has recommended this to me several times. And uh, Oh, so you noticed him when he recommended it? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay. Um, cool. So I finally I did check it out mm-hmm. and I liked it. And so I'm nice. actually I'm starting I started the series um with a few episodes of a certain magical index. But the preferred watch, like a lot, the recommended watch order is start with a certain scientific railgun, and so I'm watching that one, and it's it's enjoyable. Like it's mm-hmm. not again, it's not like knocking me down, but I'm having a good time watching it. Like cool, and I'm totally watching it dubbed because I am trash. Um, <laughs> uh, no, because Filthy I'm I'm a legitimate human being, and I'm not total trash. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, anyways, but yeah, that's what I as far as what I've been watching. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what the, have you been playing lately, man? What the dub on Cromartie High School is pretty good too. Yeah, so and that's that's dubs. the thing. It's like the dub on these is is decent. So yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like because it's a comedy, like they play into it and and the inflection's done really well. Um, yes, have been playing some games, and so I'm gonna try and get through this as quickly as possible. We'll talk about Faith later. Played through Faith. That was a good time. Um, I mentioned that I wanted to go back to a game that I, I played when I was a lot younger. Maybe I could 
actually finish it out. It was on Sega Genesis. It's a Vector Man. Um, I played it for about 30 minutes, uh, one kind of like uh, elliptical uh, circuit. And whew, it is much more rough than I remembered. So I was like, eh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to finish it. So I basically just abandoned it. So I, I don't want to take any points or anything for that. Um, cause it was, I only put 35 minutes or so into it. And I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to put up with the rest of this. So, um, uh, that was my experience with Vector Man. Uh, I did play through and actually ended up completing Blaster Master Zero Two. So on a previous episode, I called it Blaster Master Zero, but I had finished that one a couple years ago. Um, I really enjoyed the gameplay for this game. Um, it takes because Blaster Master Zero was kind of a, a reimagining of the original Blaster Master on NES. This is a true sequel. Does things. It, it picks up off after the first one. Um, and it, it does some very different things it, it just in, in the way that you traverse the world and, and go about things. Um, but I liked it. I, I really enjoyed kind of the way that it was set up um, and had a good time with it. And so it, it has kind of a normal ending and the normal ending is super depressing. And it's basically like, oh, the, the whole universe exploded. Way to go. And that's the normal ending. <laughs> so what? Like, uh, how is this even an ending? Um, so if you well, com- I mean, it is an ending. Everything <laughs> right, literally, ended. quite literally, an ending of everything. Uh, but if you one hundred percent, if you collect everything throughout the game, you go back and you do all the things and you unlock all the different planets and all that, then you can get the true ending, which actually is is a, quite a bit more material than I thought. It's not just an extra boss after the one boss that explodes. It's like a, a full on like few chapters after that. Um, and, and that gives you a much, a much more satisfying ending, I will say. Um, and then for shadows sequels as well. Uh, so I did end up completing the game. Um, and I, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I get an extra negative two to my score for that one. And then here recently I picked up another game, uh, because really I'm I'm limited to Switch. I say that. I do have a couple other. I, I can finagle some other ones if I really kind of set it up, but I'm just like, no, I just want to play something while I'm on the elliptical so I'm not thinking about how much I hate being on the elliptical. Um, and so, so defaulting to Switch, taking a look at the games that I have, I wanted to play something different. Didn't want to jump into a huge game again at this point i want to hold off on that for quite a while so did not did not go to bravely default 2 just yet but uh, i've had this fighting game on my switch for a while it's called blaze blue cross tag battle so this um it, it's a blaze blue fighting game arc system works but it is a crossover game um from the makers and it feels a lot like the persona 4 fighting game I, I didn't okay. play the second one, but I played the first one um, and enjoyed that one quite a bit. And it feels a lot like that game. So very simple combos, um, which is very helpful. And it actually, be in, because it's part of this crossover, some, the, a lot of the characters from Persona 4 are in it as well. Um, and I did end up beating the game or getting credits, which sort of is sort of like 100%ing the main thing, but I'm not going to go full, like I'm not going to take two negative points for it because it's a fighting game and I'm not good at it. And, and I only played the story mode and like who plays fighting games for just the story mode. Right. Um, so, but there are different chapters, like one for each of these crossover universes. And then you have to beat the main story four times to get the true ending 
to get all the endings, and then that unlocks the true ending if you've done all the other endings. So you end up beating the game, you know, eight, nine, ten times, something like that, in order to get the the an actual credit roll, which is what I got. So um, I enjoyed my time with it. I will say it was really easy. The the main mode of the game, I. I like had to start a fight over because I lost one time in all the in all the times that I played through the game in order mm. to finish it. Um, so, and, and I'm not good at fighting games, guys. Like that's yeah, I, it's but it's fun, you know. So yeah, so I enjoyed my time with it. Um, it was you know it it crossover games. I've played a few crossover games, and you don't play, and it's a fighting game. You don't play these games, crossover games, or fighting games for the story, and that was very evident. And there was a lot unless of unless it's Marvel in it. versus Capcom too. Okay, do they have good stories? I I don't know. Okay, the, I mean, the, I'll you take just, your word for it. Marvel versus Capcom two is like the pinnacle of all fighting games. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic game. Yes, I've just never cared for a story. I, I haven't played it seriously. I've only played arcades of that. Actually, one, I have no idea what the story is like. I'm just saying it <laughs> is just like a great gr- game. It, it is the greatest fighting yeah. game of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, so because this is a very anime game, there were one or two characters that I'm just like, Oh, really? Really? That's how you're going to design this young lady. Come on. Oh, Oh, that um, kind. Yeah. Well, are yeah. you even sure? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like, I, th- I think it's one of the final fight games. There is an individual who looks like a young lady, but is not a young lady. <laughs> I mean, so one in particular is a young lady who also kind of looks like a squirrel, but it, it between the, the outfit and the pose, I'm just like, really, come on. Um, you kind of just, it's kind of like, that's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great one, but that's a choice. (laughs) Right. So anyways, that's what I've been playing. Um, I did have fun with the game. So I took a negative one for that because I rolled credits on that one. Mm -hmm. So that brings my current total, um, for the year so far to negative 14. Wow, dude, you are killing it. Yeah. Um, so I, Two have been playing Faith, the Unholy Trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we'll save my thoughts and feelings and other <laughs> things. Trauma. <laughs> my trauma. We'll save that all for here in just a little bit. Um, I've kind of, I you know, like I said, since I'm not playing Snap, um, I've kind of been, you know, I, I got caught up on Diablo two or four. Yeah. Um, I want to get back into destiny 2 a little bit but okay. i've been kind of like mainlining when i'm playing something like the the big energy like the i'm playing ghost of tsushima still nice that game is freaking awesome Sweet. like the hard okay so the hard part of that game is that i'm like i just kind of want to like move through the storyline right but then i'm like oh like this question mark pops up on my my big map and yep. i'm like it's so compelling mm-hmm. that I'm just like, yeah, it's just, it's great. It's a really stinking cool game and uh, I love it. So that's awesome. I'm probably my hope because I also have the Iki Island um, DLC. Okay. So when I'm done, I'm going to do the Iki Island content. And I think I'm going to try and 100% slash platinum 
both like the Iki Island content and the 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 Ghost of Tsushima game. Oh wow! So that would for if I do that, that'll give me a negative four, right? You know, because but I've got to actually do that. So we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm I'm still trying to play like other things as well. Um, I haven't really been playing anything else besides that, but I did like listen. It's it was so hard this last week. Freaking Spider Man, yeah, and then Alan Wake too, and it's yep. like I couldn't have both of them staring me in the face, and apparently mm-hmm. both of them are excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did just pull the trigger. I haven't played it yet, but I did pick up Spider Man too because I love Spider Man. Like Alan Wake two is definitely like I I want it, and it feels like this is the right time of year to play it. Sure. Here's here's the other thing though, like. I'm a little creeped out right now, so I need I need a break. I need a I need a my break from all my the, pants can't take. Yeah, like spoopiness. My my undies are just like they're like, dude, no more, um, no more, sir. Um, so we, I decided to just uh, pull the trigger on Spidey, and nice. I'm I'm nice. looking forward to that because like that's I've heard that it's like 30 hours for the platinum, and mm-hmm. like. I've heard some people say like, ah, it's not that great, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I've heard other people who are like, if you like Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales, this is more of that, but like much gooder. And I'm like, cool. Did you, you played through Miles Morales? Oh yeah. 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 I platinum that as well. I'm like, um, I, I really like Miles had much better pacing it like a lot of the bloat like the the missions and like the just or just like the dumb side mission crap a lot of that was sure. cut out in miles mm-hmm. and it was just a a really just top-notch experience from tip mm-hmm. to tail um so but that does give me a plus one puts me mm-hmm. back up to positive three and since we're on that topic, anyways, let's take a minute to just remind everybody, if you have no idea what we're talking about. What are uh, these numbers? About, what are these numbers these boys are talking about? What does that have to do with video games? Well, uh, it's the backlog beatdown, mm-hmm. okay, which is the meta that we sort of run all year long here in the backlog breakdown community. Um the rules are fairly simple and there's a little bit more nuance. And if you want a more expanded, fully fleshed out version, we have it available. Like you can ask us or mm. it's, it's in our discord server and you can just check out the backlog Beatdown 2023 channel. It's pinned at the top there, mm. but basically you buy games, you, you add points, you play games, you beat games, you abandon games, you complete games, you remove points. You mm-hmm. want to get the lowest possible score every year because the whole point is we want you to think more about like it's 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 basically just supposed to act as a buffer. Like spend less money or mm-hmm. you know spend but think about what you're going to like think about playing the things that you already own. Think about yep. beating the games you already own. We want to emphasize and encourage that. Yeah. Instead of just sort of adding to the pile. Yep. Um but Jumping off of that, Mm -hmm. um, you're like, well, how do I keep score? And I'm like, well, there's this beautiful little app that our friend Charles Watson came up with called the GG app. And it's a letterbox style app for your video game collection. You can create uh, custom lists for all sorts of 
different things. Like I'm actually, I'm going to make a list that's all about games with hook shots and grappling hooks, Josh. Mm. Um, and then I'm going to make that rated. I'm going to like, this is the best game with hook shots. This is the worst game with hook shots. Nice. And here are all the gradations in between because everybody knows I really like hook shots. Mm-hmm. They make, they, they make games exponentially better. Um, Will so Spider-Man make, be on that list? Oh, Does that count? It'll probably, all three of the Spider-Man games will probably be on that list and probably, okay. I'd say very easily within the top five. Um, okay. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, I, haven't, I haven't finished the list yet, though. Like, it's, it's, it's still, we're still in the planning stages of that. Yeah. But actually, the way that we keep score is that uh, we have one list for acquisitions and one list for games that we played. And, uh, you know, so there's the custom list aspects, but there's also, you can rate and review games. You can give it, uh, you know, five stars, I think is the system that he's using now. You can write a little bit of a review. You can see what your friends are playing because yes, you can add friends. <laughs> Josh and I are both on there. A lot of the members of the disc of the breakdown community on discord are on there as well. Um, and if you like what he's doing there, right. And you're like, Hey, because right, the the app by itself is free ninety nine. You can just get it on any any Android. It's available on PC, desktop, and and Apple products or iPhones. Um, but if you like what he's doing, and you like, hey, I like this. I'd like to maybe sort of like get sort of a cleaner version, access to newer builds. There is an option. It's uh, upgrade your. You can basically for five bucks a month or fifty dollars a year. Wait, is it five bucks a month? I think so. Yeah. Uh, for five bucks, I, I, uh, such good ad read. <laughs> Sorry, Charles, you're not listening to this anyways, <laughs> but for five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year, you can sign up for the elite tier. Um, and that gives you access to early builds. You have a little more access to Charles and you know, there's, there are some other options in there as well. So just saying, uh, if you like what he's doing, feel free to like sign up for that. Other things that you can throw money at that and that hopefully you like, it's us. It's this, this community, this podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon like every other podcast on the internet pretty much. Um, <laughs> but we want you to think of it as pretty much like a tip jar. If you like what we're doing and you want to go a little bit above and beyond, if you've done the sharing and the caring, you've done the rating and the reviewing and you're like, I really like Josh. I really like Nate and how else can I support their content? Sign up for our Patreon for as little as a buck a month. Um, you get early and uncut access to each and every episode. You get a video feed of each and every episode. Um, you also get access to the patron exclusive podcast, The Bro Hang. And each patron has the opportunity to nominate a game or a topic for us to talk about each year. Um, and we're actually probably going to try and do some more just like patron events. Like this year, one of the things that we did with them was we did a backlog draft and then we actually had them on for an episode and talked about that. So mm-hmm. we we're we're kind of looking for ways to, you know, just get a little more involved with those guys, but yeah, so you can have a little bit more access to us, you know, and uh, there's lots of other perks. Last but not least, uh, alongside uh, the artist currently known as the Techno Funk Boy, Paul Lytle, Wesley Ray, the Henshin Dad himself, and the uh, the Wonder from Down Under, Nicholas Porch, aka Porcho, 
uh, we here at The Breakdown, Josh and I, are members of the Playwell Network. And you may be asking, what is the Playwell Network? Well, it's a bunch of guys who are making content that hopefully gets you to think about and engage with your entertainment in a more thoughtful and meaningful sort of way uh, and encourage just, you know, healthier and better uh, entertainment recreation rhythms, if you will. Mm. Um, Paul's current, uh, most current project is uh, The Thorns of War, which is a Dragonlands podcast. Wesley right now, his his current project is Retronym, which is a gaming nostalgia kind of short form uh, thing. He, he, cause like, I want to say it's gaming, but then like sometimes he talks about other things like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So that's where the nostalgia comes in. Um, and Nick's, Nick's uh, podcast called Nothing New Under the Porch is like the, and again, the, the way that I've been describing it is like if the Babylon Bee were a little more games oriented and just funnier overall with bad accents and uh, just nonsensical, just weird hot takes. <laughs> um, it'd probably be nothing new under the porch. It's an absolute delight. Nick is, you know, his remarkably dry sense of humor um, just tickles me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's great. And uh, Josh and I, we love these guys. We like what they're doing. And we really think you ought to check their stuff out. With that being said, here's a word from one of them. Do you think that this is like a really close up shot of two small crabs or were those really big crabs how do you know they're even real they're imaginary crabs jimbleton please tell me we can go look for imaginary crabs can we how would you look for something that's imaginary oh that's the best thing to look for war has come to crane a war building for centuries as dragons and gods drift into myth and legend this is the war that will bring an end to it all, or restore what was lost for good. Dragonlance, The Thorns of War, is an actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Available everywhere in May. Subscribe today. And we're back. So, um, so gang... Buckle up, because <laughs> like this one's gonna be weird. Um, <laughs> it's spooky season. It's spooky month. We're doing all the spooky stuff. Yeah, super and, spooky. And you know, I talked about like sort of how like in, inscription threw off some like creepy vibes and the bite size and stuff like that. And we've mm-hmm. we've talked previously. Like we, I think we we may have even alluded to it towards the beginning of the show but like this we've played a lot of like scary games like resident evil 4 dead space mm-hmm. bioshock yeah, right. doki doki literature club silent hill 2 silent hill hellblade. 2 hellblade alan like wake. alan wake like we have played piles of spooky stuff um in in the months of spook in 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 the previous spooktobers this may be single-handedly the scariest thing that we've played for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, I'm not even going to say maybe. I think this is the scariest thing that we have played for the sake of this podcast. Um, holy crap. <laughs> like, But the fact that he manages to get so much done with, with technically 
so little yeah. is just insane. And the the thing I want to sort of like throw out is like the the sort of like before we kind of get into any conversation because we're going to do a little bit of a back of the baseball card. We're going to talk about our thoughts and feelings on this, and then we're going to get into the the spoiler territory mode, right? Um, but like guys, a bit of Josh and I are both in agreement that this is like a must play game, but it comes heavily caveated. Mm-hmm. Like if you are sensitive to really kind of creepy, spooky stuff, don't avoid this game. Like don't mm-hmm. just don't do it. Um, we we've both talked about it. Like I think in other games, like I've there've been like oh maybe like I'm kind of like I don't like this. Like Silent Hill Two probably got the closest in some ways to just being like I am not enjoying my time with this. Yeah. Like that, like the, it had me the closest to quitting, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this, like, and it's not that, like, because the game is like simultaneously, in this, like, I'm fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. I'm also completely repulsed by it. Um, <laughs> and it's not like it's, uh, it is a little grotesque and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. there's uh, what I will say is like the, the designer, Airdorf, the developer, Airdorf. There's some masterclass stuff in this, and we'll right. but we'll get into that. But um, let's talk a little bit about the the back, and we're we're just gonna talk about the facts here. We're gonna talk about the mm-hmm. back of the baseball baseball card a little bit, and you know, like always, we're kind of referencing just Wikipedia here. But um, mm-hmm. it's a survival horror. It's a survival horror. It has a very different yeah. feeling for me. But like they yeah. they use that that term. It's a horror game. Yeah. Um. It's but it's faith. It's developed by Airdorf Games, and it it's for Windows primarily. Um, I imagine mm-hmm. you can play it in like Linux or something. Yeah, and there's apparently a Switch version is coming next oh, year. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, Switch owners will love this one. Yeah, um, I mean Doki Doki's on there, so whatever. Well, and the the, uh, the publisher New Blood Interactive has a mm-hmm. game called Dusk that I think is available on Switch as well. Ah, uh, gotcha. Which okay. there is an Easter egg that ties Dusk and Spoiler. Faith together, but it's a total Easter egg yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's whatever. That's Is that as a spoiler? Someone, as someone, no, it's not. As someone who has not played Dusk, I got that, I found that Easter egg and I didn't understand it at all. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be something It doesn't else have anything to do with anything. It's just like it is an Easter egg just for the sake of having an Easter egg. Yeah. Um but let's talk about like the facts. Um it was developed by Airdorf Games which um I didn't do a lot of googling. I'd like to find a, the guy who is known as Airdorf. Mm-hmm. Like who he actually is. I know that he is a Sunday school teacher. That much I know. He's a he's a Christian. Oh, hey. Mason Smith. There you go. More commonly known as Airdorf Games is the developer of the Faith series. Um, as well as games uh, The Wind, Extraordinary, and Earl's Day Off. He's a graduate of Texas A&M University with a master's oh. in a master's in visualiz- visualization has been part of the games industry since 2014. Um, nice. Very cool. Um, 
Yeah. So like a little bit of, but yeah, um, Airdorf anyways, um, he, Mason developed this game under his, his Airdorf games brand. And, uh, it was published recently, um, within the last couple of years by new blood interactive prior to that it had been published independently. Um, mm-hmm. the first two chapters were actually published independently. It is primarily again, available on windows. Chapter one came out on October 4th, uh, in October of 2017. Chapter two came out in February of 2019 and chapter three came out, uh, recently in uh, October of 2022. Um, now the thing is when chapter three was released, it was actually, um, at that point in time, it was published by new blood interactive mm-hmm. and that's when the, the sort of the whole faith, the unholy Trinity sort of package slash bundle came out. And that's, yeah. uh, so, um, and again, the, the Wikipedia categorizes it as survival horror. I think survival horror has a lot more resource management right? than this game does. Um, and is usually a little more mechanically complex. I, I, I'd be comfortable just calling it horror. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's survival in as much as like a, uh, a shoot 'em up, you know, game where you get hit once and you die is survival. Like, <laughs> No, it just it just means you're a very fragile character. Like you don't do anything to survive in the game. Just don't get hit. Don't <laughs> like, get don't hit. Die. Yeah, <laughs> don't die. Um, and it's it's a single player game. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty basic gameplay. There's basically two controls. You control directionally, and then if you're playing on controller, you can hit A mm-hmm. or B or. You it's can, a one button game. It's a one button. <laughs> well, you, you got a, a joystick, D-pad. yeah, a D pad, mm-hmm. and one button. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you're playing on a keyboard, it's the arrow keys and spacebar, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. And basically, you kind of move around these maps and you hold up your cross, and sometimes other things, yeah, like a gun, yeah. Anyway, but occasionally you will hold other things, but it's mostly right. you just hold up your cross. Right. Um, because you are an exorcist. You play as Father John Ward, or actually, excuse me, maybe he's not Father, um, because as it, as it, as it, you, you find spoilers. out. I think, spoilers. Spoilers. Is, is it not in the opening crawl of the game? It might be. Yeah, because it said it that it's be. not, this is not um, what it, okayed by the vatican and not approved so, by the vatican yes yeah. yes there you go but that is you you play as john ward a priest or former priest of depending on your playthrough and decision like and, and what you experience like there's a whole lot of yeah there's multiple endings too to each mm-hmm. one of these chapters um but That's it's right. it's That's right. stylistically it's kind of modeled after the 8-bit computer games um like from the atari 2600 or the apple II. Uh, mm-hmm. it's really kind of like basic gameplay, but there are, uh, a bunch of like, and when I say a bunch, I mean, maybe a dozen, two dozen rotoscope sequences, Yeah, which he uses to great effect. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the, the rotoscoping. And just for anybody who doesn't know if, if that is a term that you're not aware of, rotoscoping is basically, uh, creating an animated sequence by, basically tracing over uh, frames from a previously filmed sequence. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, you used to see it in a lot of like Ralph Bakshi kind of animation. Yeah. And uh, it's basically they would film stuff like l- these live action sequences. And then, uh, you know, like on cellophane over those sequences, they would paint whatever or draw whatever they wanted those characters to do over the actual human actors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat. It's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, um, the original Prince of Persia game, if you're familiar with that, uses a lot of rotoscoping for all of the um for all of the animation and so it, it gives it a very fluid feel. Like mm-hmm. something back in those days with those graphics, I'm thinking of the particularly on the NES, Prince of Persia, like it looked amazingly smooth and fluid and like mm-hmm. the, you don't even know how these graphics are happening. Um, but yeah, it was through this technique of rotoscoping. Um, one of the other sort of notable things here, and again, this is sort of one of the, this is just sort of like the technical stuff is that while the, the soundtrack is like, and again, all this is sort of held within like that sort of eight bit Atari, uh, mm-hmm. 2600 Apple II, kind of like that era of personal computing. But one of the other things that, uh, is included in it as far as just like gameplay is there's a sort of a, a synthesized speech or text to voice kind of mode that is super garbled, super distorted. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like if you had ever heard any of that in like that, that Atari 2600, mm-hmm. it's like very squawky. Um, but it's, oh man, it's, uh, it's really, um, and what's kind of really wild about that. And, and again, this is, um, is that a lot of the sound effects that he used and and a lot of that stuff was actually taken from real or recorded um, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena or recordings of exorcisms and things like that. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sound that is sampled uh, that comes from basically potentially real uh, situations. Interesting. Ex- is, is it really a lot? I thought, I thought it was only a few clips. Um, um, some of the voice from- lines and sound effects. Okay. Um, okay. So it doesn't give me, it doesn't give, but. Even like, some of the voice lines. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised to hear. I could think of certain points in the game where there's like noise. Yeah. And sound effects. I it guess. would be but, interesting to find oh. out what exactly was but um from an interview that i i listened to he did say that it was from a pretty popular like like if you go searching for uh mm. certain audio of of certain events like an exorcism that it's a very popular one that you can easily find yeah so so, um yeah it it's one of those things and it's it's an with you mentioning that interview, we do want to sort of like say like yeah. part of a, a lot of sort of even our thoughts and our experiences is been colored maybe by mm-hmm. Wendigoon's, uh, Wendigoon did not only like sort of a, a very in-depth narrative analysis of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like four and a half, maybe five hours long. It's, it's substantial. Um, yeah. But he sort of talks about all the narrative beats. He covers like the the secret endings and all of that other stuff. Um, 
and he goes really kind of just like like he just gets pretty deep into it. He also mm-hmm. did an interview um with Airdorf, the developer or Mason. Mm-hmm. So uh and both of those are really, really just fascinating lessons. Yeah. Um yeah. And both of those are linked in the description of this episode or in the notes, the show notes. So you can check those out for yourself. I uh, would recommend playing the game first, but those are available to you. And and that's the other thing, and I'm just going to pull it up here, but how long to beat, I think, has the the whole trinity marked in in about six and a half hours? Um, I just mm-hmm. want to double check that. Yeah, main story is five and a half, main plus extra is seven, and then completionist is 12. Okay. So, yeah, it's not a super long game. No. Now, what I will sort of also say is that... Um, it is heavy, like mm-hmm. especially like the and so you know, like we've mentioned, it is broken up into three chapters. The first chapter is, I think I sat down and I played that in like an hour and beat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, second chapter took a little bit longer than that, yeah. and the third chapter, which full disclosure, I actually started. I was like most of the way through the third chapter and I started over because uh in listening to Wendigoon's sort of narrative analysis, I realized I had made a boo-boo and mm-hmm. like my my thing is I'm gonna play this game one time, exactly one time. <laughs> so um I went back and I'm sort of using a walkthrough to help me sort of finish up and sort of get the ending that I want out of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean we will be talking a little bit about like narrative beats at some point in time. But uh, so now that we have a lot of the, like the technical sort of like groundwork laid here as, just far as like what you can expect uh, mechanically, visually, sound wise, all of that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, well, let's talk about our thoughts and feelings here, Josh, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to tell you, um, and like I, like I said, sort of when we, and we we were agreeing about this. This may be the creepiest thing that I have ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, which is amazing to me. It's amazing to me how creepy and unsettling and disturbing this game is with all of its limitations. Right, because he sticks to it. Never gets weird, and you know, like breaks the fourth wall, and then has this whole three D section. You know, nothing nope. like that. Yeah, it stays the the things that you mentioned earlier. The graphics that look like they're from a Commodore sixty four or Atari or something like that. Mm-hmm. The rotoscoping and the the even the even the music that you talked about is very limited, but unsettling. Um, and the and the voices as well, which my goodness, they sound super creepy um, because you can tell them apart. Like he gives, like he uses different text to speech modules for the different characters. Mm-hmm. So a girl sounds like a girl, and a guy sounds like a guy. Um, mostly, have, mostly, <laughs> mostly, mostly, yeah. Um, <laughs> unless uh, something else is talking through another mm. character. Um. Th- th- okay, we already said it, right? You you play as an exorcist, so th- there there you go. There are some exorcisms that happen in the course of the mm-hmm. game. Um, 
So it is, yeah, the, the way that he uses, he stays within these limitations throughout the entire game. Um, and, and I will say, you know, I was going to, I was going to mention how, you know, a lot of modern horror games to make it scarier, it puts you in the first person. And so you're, you're controlling. So it mm-hmm. really feels like you're doing it and they don't do that in this game, but you know what? That I mean, while it's true that yeah, you're these block of of pixels on the on this on the screen for most of the game, and so it's third person. When it goes to the rotoscope scenes, it's it's in first person because you're seeing the most of the time, unless you're seeing John in the rotoscopes. I was gonna, I, and there are a couple of the rotoscope sequences where it it moves into the first person to fairly. Uh, substantial effect, but a lot of them, though, it's like you know, I, I'm thinking about a lot of the sequences, and a good bit of them are sort of like they're from a first person perspective, but mm-hmm. it, you're not always. Sometimes the you're not always looking through John's eyes, right? Right? Yeah, that's true. It's it, but most of the time when those scenes happen, they are you're viewing them. And whatever it is that's happening is addressing you, if that makes sense, like through mm. the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and and we can talk about some of those. Yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. Um. So 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 yeah, it's it's just amazingly effective to me. Um. And that said, this game is like a really good horror movie that is not just over the top the entire time you're playing lights are blare you know the music is blaring and everything's going crazy like no this game has downtime in it and then things start ramping up and then stuff hits the fan and and then there are times where you kind of catch your breath a little bit more and then stuff ramps up more and then you know what yeah. was that over there and then and then by the end of the game it's just like oh my goodness everything is going crazy and the, what is happening the pacing is masterful. Yeah. It really like mm-hmm. that. I mean, and what it's just so wild to think that this is really like one of his big first, like this is one of his sort of like his, his, this is his big breakaway. And yeah. it's kind of in so many ways, so basic, mm-hmm. but it is just, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like it is really nuts. Now, what I will say too, and and you and I talked about this, like the first chapter by itself is creepy. And Mm -hmm. like, I can definitely like, it's, it's, but it needs the second two chapters in order to really like the first chapter by itself. Like, you know, we, we were talking a little bit about how, like you said it was on IGN's like top, like top scariest games of that year of 2017. Yeah. 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 And I don't and know. Kinda, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I would have to look at what else was coming out that year. Okay. So th- that's that 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 might be part of the consideration, but it's like that first the first chapter is 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 scary, and it is mm-hmm. ch- that first chapter is chock full of just like oh, I am thoroughly unsettled. Yes. Um, but. It doesn't like, and in the second chapter, I think does a lot more work on you. Like mm-hmm. the first chapter doesn't tell a full story; it drops ideas of things that has happened yeah. in the past and why your character might be there. 
but it doesn't, it doesn't wrap anything up. It's simply an investigation of a certain area. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you just sort of get this little bit of a slice of like, this is what kind of like, this is like maybe this like four or five hour period or whatever. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to sort of emulate their, um, uh, it's man. And it is creepy. It is super weird. And there's lots of like, I just come back to it. And I, I think part of it is like some of it. So I have, I have a couple of thoughts that are for, for this um, one. We, we talked a little bit about like that, that voice to text or the, mm-hmm. the text to voice thing. And I think that definitely sort of ratchets things up because it sort of adds like this inhuman element where yeah. it's just like, it's like, it feels familiar. It's kind of like that, uh, what what do they call it? Uh, the uncanny valley kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's ramped up. It's like, mm-hmm. so that definitely, I think sort of like ratchets things up. But I, I would also say, I think that part of what's so creepy about this is that in comparison to something like Doki Doki Literature Club, right? Um, where after a while, it just becomes like absurd. It's like, it's unsettling. It mm-hmm. kind of like messes with you a little bit, but it's like, it's very easy to be like, no, this is thoroughly fiction. But like, this thing is sort of just grounded in reality enough to yeah. be like, Oh, like this gives me the weirds. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gives me the weirds because like, it feels like this does, it doesn't feel as fantastic as Mm -hmm. like a lot of other horror. This, it feels a little more grounded. And I think that makes it worse too. (laughs) Um, I think those are like my two primary thoughts. Like one of the reasons it's so effective is like, I think the sound design is pretty masterful and that it's yeah. like, uh, there's a lot of stuff in like the minor key. There's a lot of like really well-timed use of like distortion and kind of like mm-hmm. the, the sort of like the, the audio cue ins and all that stuff. Uh, the voice to text. Yeah. It's just like, like I, it's, it's just disturbing Mm-hmm. And then you you pair that with again just the fact that like the story in and of itself just feels like a little bit like this could be real mm-hmm. or like this could be based on reality and right in in, in some yeah. capacity. I mean, I think it's sort of like the same way, like maybe the way that the original Exorcist did. Yes. where it's like it's got that kind of energy where it's like Mm -hmm. this does not feel like fantastic and weird and and like this feels like oh like this could be real and that that adds to it too yes yeah and and i think that's a great comparison because when you when you say oh this is a video game about a an ex-priest um, who who has a cross, you know, your one button does exorcisms. So, okay, you have in your mind then, oh, well, it's going to be, you know, a Muso game where this anime character is like, has the power of the, the cross and like destroys all these demons and demon-possessed people. And, and that is not at all <laughs> what this game is. It's much more, like you said, more like the Exorcist movie in that, 
um, it, it's dealing with now it, it deals with more than one case, but they're all connected. Yeah. Um, but it is very grounded in these, these exorcism, uh, uh, scenes, I guess, you know, that, that it kind of goes back and forth between and the effects that that has on the different characters in the game as well. So yes, it's funny that you said, you know, even the exorcist movie, it's not really fantastical. Well, you have stuff flying around and you have, you know, the pea soup and, and all this stuff. Like, yes, that movie does get fantastical, but it's so grounded that by the time it gets there, it doesn't feel like, um, that, 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 that this is for, you know, shock value or just to, 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 overwhelm you with well, things it, it earns it yeah and i think it, it not only but it earns it in a way that you sort of buy into it yeah um, yeah and that and that's how i think this game is yeah as well because by the end of the game like you're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff um and th- which is again genuinely disturbing um that if it just started out with that then okay whatever but it's it's led up to that and it in a very it's magnificent way. pacing yeah, yeah just really really the more i think about like just the way that he just sort of like it's yeah he builds in like these lulls right mm-hmm. but almost even when he's building up those lulls he's just kind of like like the 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 knob is this the dial is constantly just being like sort of turned up a little bit at a time yep. And you'll get these like spots where like spikes up and then it sort of drops back down, but it doesn't drop back down enough. And he's just like, he is dialing it up like this slow crawl the whole way through. It's Mm -hmm. just the more I think about this game, like, and I think that's the thing is like, I have wanted to quit this game so many freaking (laughs) times. Like I'm like, because it just, it just gets like, under my skin and in my head a little bit and it, mm. like i said it just gives me the the willies the heebie-jeebies the weirds the whatevers like yeah. i i'm just like uh mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like i kind of can't stay away from this thing and mm-hmm. it's not in a weird obsessive kind of like you know i don't want it but it's like i i kind of got to see what happens next yeah um yeah and yep. uh that's pretty much all that I can say this side of spoilers. Um, again, I really, I think it's a really effective piece of horror. I really enjoy the game. Um, you know, will I go back? Yeah, I might go back to it, but I like this way more than I like silent Hill too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which is saying a lot, like, Mm -hmm. no, it's not in, in some ways it's saying a lot. Because like the, I think the thing is like you and I are both like Silent Hill Two is like a must play, but like we hated every second of it. Mm-hmm. This wish you is, didn't have to play it, but it's a must play. Yeah, <laughs> like this is a must play, and it's like if you can like if you can like stomach the cost, it's totally worth the ride, right? Because it is a very different kind of horror. Where Silent yeah. Hill was a psychological horror, this one's not so much psychological. It's it's. Yeah, like exorcist horror. It's, yeah. And it's like, dude, like it's one of those things too where if you like, you guys are watching video, you're like, how is this? Like, cause I think, you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we've got to kind of wrap it up here, but I think Mm -hmm. like, I don't know about you, but at one point in time when, when this was recommended, I looked at the video, I was like, I can't be that scary. 
And then I started right. playing it. It and doesn't. I was yeah. like, I was like, what the, like, what <laughs> is, this is not right. Yeah. This is yeah. N- no way. No way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say is uh, in comparison to Silent Hill 2, or, or not even comparison, but, but a similarity that I think they both have is that Silent Hill 2, again, while it's a very different kind of horror because it's psychological, it does have a tinge of, um, I, I well, I'd say that the ending is very satisfying in a way that can be somewhat redemptive. And I will just say, with I don't want to give anything away. I will just say that this game, I think, has a, that same feel to it as well. Ending for me was very satisfying and mm-hmm. and and redemptive as well. Again, there's multiple endings, so the, the, that could vary depending on what you're doing. But mm-hmm. it, all that to say is it's not, again, it's not just for shock value to throw stuff in your face. Like there is actually uh, a story and, and themes that are brought out through yeah. all of this terrifying, you know, horror insanity. It, but not ins- insanity is not the right word. Excuse me, because it's not, and and that's that's just what I want to make clear is that this isn't just to throw stuff in your face. It's not just to shock you, but there are. It is actually telling a story as well. Yeah, it's um, it's the, I think that, and that's the other thing: the fact that it is like so coherent and cogent and just like it marches along is like, yeah, that uh, that. That adds to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, listeners, I think from this point on, it's like Josh said, I think we've talked about this game as much as we can in sort of a spoiler-free mode. And th- th- from here on out, we're going to sort of just, we're giving ourselves license to sort of talk about spoilers. I don't think we're going to, like Josh and I, we're not going to do a beat-for-beat beat sort of thing. We're probably going to talk mm-hmm. about some of the the, the moments and the, the scenes that creeped us out the most. We'll probably talk about some of the endings we got. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think from this point on out, like if you have any thoughts or plans to potentially play this game, stop. Go play the game before before you listen to the rest mm-hmm. of this and then come back. Yeah. It's like 15 bucks and it's only, yeah, five hours or so. And and the guy uh, and Mason is a believer, um, mm-hmm. you know. Like we don't know what his tradition is, and like we don't know all of the distinctives of of his theology, but he professes to be a Christian, and I mm-hmm. think that a lot of that shows up in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes the subject matter seriously. He yeah. takes the subject matter seriously. So that being said, uh, here's a you know to to maybe sort of like lift the mood here briefly <laughs> before we descend into uh, just depravity. Uh, here's a hail and hearty spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Well, Gary loves you and he's oh. a normal human being just like you and me. Mm. <laughs> Gary Miller. Gary freaking Miller. <laughs> mm. Oh um, man. I don't know if we want to jump right into that. <laughs> no. But that's what I, sticks out to me. You know, you load up the game um and just Gary loves you a hundred times on the screen. And it says that, you know, th- I, I felt like that was a common refrain up until the end. And then, I, there was and then, a gosh. There was a part of me that thought that said it said God loves you. 
and then oh. it changed to Gary. But I think it was just I was reading it wrong. Mm. I could be, or like maybe the game's just like maybe I'm tormented. <laughs> just messing with you, yeah. Like the first and couple times you open, I've got to be honest too. Like this, and maybe I should have mentioned this in this sort of like thoughts and feelings baggage sort of check thing. I think the fact that like I am sort of re-examining, like sort of my relationship with like the materialist versus the the sort of the spiritual side of reality yeah. is makes this thing even like stickier and kind of yes. way spookier. Yeah. Um yeah. But so you and I talked a little bit about chapter one and how like mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it does not feel like it it just feels like kind of like and I think that it feels that way, Josh, that it feels like sort of incomplete because in a lot of ways it is. I think chapter one was sort of a demo slash mm-hmm. proof of concept thing. And mm-hmm. he, in, in the interview with Winnegoon, he even talks about how like there's a lot of stuff in there that just turns out to be a red herring because it was like, I just, just it didn't make sense to go down this road. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. um, but yeah. But oh, I mean, the, the scenes, the scenes with the exorcism of Amy were super effective. Like oh, that, that, those freaked me out. The picture, oh my gosh, of Amy and her parents. Do you, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I do remember the, the picture. Did it do something weird? It, was, it, it just, was it, it was just, just a creepy a, picture at that it point? It was just it a creepy picture. Later. Okay. Okay. It might have done something weird later on. I don't know. Yeah. I just think even sort of before you get into the house, dude, like some of the sequences, like just when you're walking around like the woods and stuff. Michael coming And at Michael, you. freaking chupacabra, man. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, and it wasn't like, it was like one of those things that like once you figured out what to do, mm-hmm. it wasn't so bad, but it was right. like, because like. And like listeners, like guys, like the thing, the only thing you can do is like when we say there's one button, so there's this like white, his name is Michael, but like he'll charge you and he's like, he's just this freaky looking like spider human being thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And he'll run at you and he'll all the the whole time there's this like weird screeching and warbling going on. He's saying things that are like bizarre, like I have the body of a pig. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a reference to Legion um, in the New Testament. Um, but like, you have to like face him and like hit the button to hold your cross out. And then like he, he sees it and he runs away. Yeah. Um, so he is a possessed young man is what you find out later, um, which, is, which is tragic. Yeah. Uh, but man, um, anyways. But- but yeah, there's a, a whole pile of sequences in like that. Like you basically like start off in the woods and it's like the Oregon, uh, Oregon trail <laughs> woods only instead of like you shooting deer and, and bear and bison and boar or whatever, it's a uh, freaking, you're getting hunted by freaking Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes and, the deer will run by. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes a deer will run by. And that's, it's at that point in time, like you're so like wound up, like that might be enough to make you like, you know, spoop yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, um, but yeah, but like, and then when you actually, and cause like there's like that little sequence, like you have to get to the shed, but because everything is sort of under the curse of Amy at that point in time, nothing is like, the the map is sort of non sequential. Like you have to like 
the whole map, like some some parts of the map are sequential, but there's other stuff that you can't find just by walking around in the map. You have to follow like a sequence. Like to get to the shed, you you have to go to the graveyard, and then you have to follow these little purple ghost children things mm. to get to. Yeah. Anyways, it just freaking ugh. like even talking about it makes me a little like. <laughs> yeah. But then when you get into the house, man. Mm. So, and and to, to add a little bit of like flavor here, like the fact that like, he's like, he's like, he comes back to this and you find out that like, he comes back after basically the first botched mm-hmm. exorcism. Yeah. He comes back to the house to try it again mm-hmm. by himself this time instead of, you know, with father Allred. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. And when, man, those scenes too, it's like the, there's some crazy stuff that happens. Well, I mean, basically everyone dies, right? <laughs> like that's the crazy stuff is everyone yeah. except John and Amy die <laughs> because of what's possessing Amy. So, um, yeah, really creepy stuff. But again, you only kind of see in part in that first chapter. Mm-hmm. So like it was a lot of creepy imagery. I did also notice the, um, in some of the letters he talked about the attic and the basement. And so that like was already very unsettling for me. Cause it's like unreliable narrator of like, wait, mm-hmm. where was she? Was she then? I mean, you find out it was different at different times. So, okay. Um, but that was still like creeped me out of just like, uh, he doesn't know. Like, is he misremembering like what happened here? Like it was, it was just another yeah. level of creepiness to me. Yeah. That's uh but then it's like you said, it's, it's, it's pretty easily sort of like fixed there because it's, it's just like, well, she's in the basement for these parts and she's in the attic for this part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, chapter one, like I said, it, it's it's creepy. It's definitely got like moments, but it's definitely not. It's it's very much more of like like I said, it's the proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And then so chapter two, I'm I'm thinking of some of the standout moments. Um, man, the, the the I mean, it was almost kind of a jump scare, but the part where you're strapped to the um, strapped to the gurney and you go down the stairs. That's chapter three. Was it? That was three. Chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two is the dream. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Chapter two, like when that that demon is like hanging out in the tree, and it's like, (laughs) like I was like, what the? (laughs) Yeah. That's right. That's right. Two is yeah, all kinds of yeah. You're going going around the graveyard. You're you go into that weird room, and there are those three people that are just kind of staring at you when you walk by yeah. <laughs> all kinds of all kinds he, of and he does things. like such a good job too like like when with that even like when you go up to them you sort of like open up that like that almost like that picture mode yeah where it's just like you you're sort of basically that that like ms paint kind of mm-hmm. like picture it's mm-hmm. it's better than anything i ever did in ms paint but um right well, it's Uh-oh. yeah, it's almost as if it was like a rotoscope, and it may have been, but just yeah, like they they were probably still. rotoscoped stills, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, but like even like that sequence, um, 
just walking around, around that cemetery. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And then, Ugh. yeah, you become a spider at one point as well. Yeah, yeah. After you, uh, so like, dude, yeah, you go through, so you go through the cemetery and then, um, you get into like the second cemetery and you have to, oh, geez. Yeah, that, that, um, and I think like the, the thing is like the sec, like the thing is like the, the whole sort of like hand waving saying, well, it was all just a dream. Like, in some ways, actually makes the second chapter a little more like sensical. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it, there's some really weird sequences, like that one where after you, so after you beat that first area and you you beat those three ghosts, right? So you've got the 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 kid ghost, and then you've got the the uh, you've got the weird I'm the an angel ghost, the mother, oh. the cord ghost, and then you've got <laughs> the other one. Um, after you beat them, and then you sort of move on to the next, and there's just like that little gate standing all by itself, and then mm-hmm. you walk through it, and the the next part of the like at first, I I was kind of like, is this like a glitch or something? But mm. no, it's just it's part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And so you do the the next sequence there, and is that when you go to the church in that one after you get through the the cemetery? Uh oh oh is it? Oh yeah, you're right. I think you you're go right. through the church and the spindly mm-hmm. lady game. Right. Ugh. Yeah. See that part for me. Um, I don't know what it was for my game, but I literally just walked into another room and she showed up. So I never really had to play that. I need, I didn't have to chase her or anything like mm. that. Like she just immediately showed up in one of the rooms and I fought her. And took she, her out. Uh, so you were just like, let's go. Um, yeah. here's my, here's my crucifix. Mm-hmm. Eat crucifix, spindly lady. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just like even that sequence, like when you're just walking around and like you see the different candles, it was like there was a part right. where, cause like I couldn't get it to, to line up quite right. And so I was yeah. just getting frustrated. Mm. But then did you do the thing where you stepped into the confession booth? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I didn't, uh, um, I didn't go back and get the bad ending. So no, I didn't do that. No. Thing, but, well, uh, and that's that's something that's interesting to talk about too. And and Wendigoon talks about it. Uh, and I think Erdorf, in his I didn't, never finished the interview with Erdorf and Wendigoon, okay. but I think they talk about it in that too. Is like so in the second chapter, um, they're like these hitting endings. And so in the first chapter, guys, like some of the hitting endings are like they're kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, like one is like so at the very end of the game after you've like beaten Amy you kind of like you come back downstairs into the house and there's a gun and depending on what you do with that gun, you unlock different endings. Mm -hmm. So like the canon ending is that you take the gun. Um, and instead of like hunting Amy down in the woods, you just walk back to your car. At that point in time, Michael pops out and you shoot him and then you drive off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, there's other endings. Like one involves you shooting the deer and mm-hmm. then the rest of the deer in the woods like basically gather to trample you to death. Yeah, like the chickens in Zelda. Yeah, they just they, the they cocoons, turn you whatever. into a, a mud puddle um of gore and viscera. Um 
So like, there's like, I think there's like five secret or five endings and only one of them is canon. But then the, the second, the second chapter, what's really kind of interesting about that is that the hidden ending is the bad ending Mm -hmm. and you actually have to do like these three really horrible acts to get it. And so what's really kind of interesting in that is like sort of even there, and and I, and I, this is part of what like makes it stick a little bit more, right? Is like this kind of makes it a little more real. And and Wendigoon and Erdorf talked about it again, but it's the fact that you don't just like in in so much modern media, like like people are just fair game for demons. Like demons can just be like, oh hey, like I'm gonna take you over now, and there's nothing you can do about it. Blah. And that's not really how it works, probably. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that especially with sort of what this game is addressing, like, and and how they're addressing it is that a lot of times these things happen through maybe trickery, but like basically cooperation with these forces. Mm -hmm. And so there, there are these three things. Like one of them is like, you can lead a child back to this area so that a, a demon can take it. Like one mm-hmm. of them is like you can summon another demon, and then a part of it is uh, you can kill some people. And this is kind of in order, not, yeah. not just to, but you don't fall backwards into sort of having this relationship with the occult, right? Mm-hmm. It's about very much pursuing it. And the the thing is, like, there's a secret that's, and if you're going for the completionist route, that you need. Like, if you're getting everything, you have to do all this stuff, but. The minute you do any of this, it locks you into a bad ending for chapter two. Like, and 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 thankfully, like none of those endings are canonical. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just that's the ending you'll get on that playthrough. Um, yeah. Which, and I, I guess I did just appreciate, like I said, I I did appreciate the fact that it's like, no, you you're not just gonna like wake up one day and like it, you know, oh, a demon's possessing me now. It's like. You've kind of got like it it takes time and it takes exposure. And I think even like the notes that you find uh once you get to um Gary Land in chapter three, where it mm-hmm. talks about like the different like initiate levels or you know Yeah. But it's this thing where these these people are repeatedly sort of indulging in like degenerate behavior. They they're yeah. killing people, they're you know sacrificing children they're mm-hmm. yeah, yeah in the case of this game yeah there's a lot of a lot of child sacrifice that goes on yeah um yeah and 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 yeah that's what you have to do in that yeah you offer up that child and the and yeah you kill those people who are working on their car and then you make a pentagram with the blood that's dripping off of you <laughs> yeah to summon something yeah it's it's a whole it's a ritual that you have to go through to get this bad ending which after you know after the events of chapter three and you find out who john is makes even more sense mm-hmm. um because of what he had been through when he was younger as a child in in seeing these horrific things and you know having having these other children sacrificed and him spared like he is this cult is basically trying is like weaning him to become a member like a high-ranking member of the cult 
And so when you actually act that out. Potentially. I mean, he could yeah. just be like another sort of vessel for the second death. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and I like even that dude, like that whole, like that whole sort of sequence, like mm-hmm. all that stuff sort of like coming out, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I remember in, in the first chapter when, like, the weird, like, do you think my face is pretty? Mm-hmm. And it's like just this red, like, wound just like hanging yeah. out there. Yeah. And then, then when the hand pops out, I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, this is. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. And and so yeah, that's another thing that I, I feel like we have to address just because it's so horrifying. And apparently this is just something that Erdor thought up is this ritual of the second death. And um yeah, this long story totally gets like the RC sprawl, like, what is wrong with you reaction? <laughs> like Yeah. Apparently it's some ritual that you do where there's this mask of someone's face that that the cult puts on you and then carves out your face so there's just a hole there which physically doesn't make much sense but then apparently that because but of demons. that ritual right it creates a portal to hell that you're supposed to put seven babies through in order to summon a demon like i i i, I don't even have words like that is horrifying and uh, and then and then you find out the the girl in the apartment who oh was, Tiffany <laughs> yes Tiffany um, who did it what four hundred and ninety times something along those lines like yeah not ah. not just seven times but seventy times seven yeah. yeah yeah and it's like it's I think it's just it's it's fascinating um yeah but like. <laughs> It, it it's also absolutely just repugnant and kind of like repels me. Mm-hmm. Um, be, uh, it's like <laughs> well, it's 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 sort of putting like the horrific into horror. Yeah, it's like like the thing that makes it so scary is that like this is just like this is like some really depraved garbage, and not in a sort of glorying kind of way, right? But it's like it's sort of in a way what was really kind of interesting is like the part of the interview that I did here with Wendigoon and Airdorf was like, you know, I thought this is really cool because there is a sequence where you sort of like you talk to a being of light, but like they were basically, he basically, when he said the, the whole thing about like, I have a pretty good idea. Like I can imagine how like, the devil would tempt somebody or how like these mm-hmm. things like like sort of like he's like but i don't want to disrespect god and sort of like like in trying to image him and doing it poorly or incorrectly mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool yeah um, yeah but like so, th- even uh, those just, are some great things to 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 bring up though you you brought up just the fact that yes this is a horrifying uh, ritual and all that, but it's it's used in service to like it is not glorified. It's not edge lord, you know. It's not just like oh look at how depraved we can be, but it's so that you understand the nature of this cult that is literally summoning demons, like but, in the throughout the course of the game, and even sort of like the the sort of like the depravity and yeah. the just like yeah. of the demons themselves, like right. they show, these things are vile. 
Yes. Like they, they hate humanity. Yes. Um, contrary to what Gary says, mm-hmm. um, they do not love you. It doesn't. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And, and, and yeah. yeah. And then, like you said, like this being of light. So you go back to, to John's story and after the, the demon that's possessed, Amy has killed uh, Father Allred and and his and, and her parents and her parents in the like the most horrific yeah, way. Horrific, like yeah. she basically, the demon made like ripped out Amy's parents' entrails and choked them to death with their own entrails, like yeah. their guts. And yeah, I mean, and it's like it's repugnant and like I think like the worst part is like it's done in that like eight bit style. Yeah. And it's, so it's just like these blobs and splashes and bits of color and mm-hmm. but like it's still super super effective. And yeah. I don't like what, it. Who was it who brought it up? I think it was Spike in the in the Discord. I could be wrong about that. But he brought up how um like the fact that it's so limited in pixel density leaves a lot up to your own imagination. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh man, that's a yeah. really good yeah. point." Uh, it doesn't have the um, the chance of hitting that uncanny valley of just like oh that's like not even real, you know like it it your mind like fills in those gaps. Um, so, it, well, anyways, that scene with the angel of light is is really good too because you could tell that that it becomes malevolent. I say that apparently from that interview, there were some people that didn't catch on to that. Maybe it's just because I'm a Christian, but I certainly caught on to that. Because at first he's like, I can help you. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. So this is like an angel. But then, but some of the stuff that he says is like, okay, sign yourself over to me or something. Like he says, swear it. Yeah. He says, swear it. Um, Because like the whole thing is like, if I take you out of here, like you're basically condemning her. Like mm -hmm. she, she, there will be no like point of return for her at that. And, when John kind of waffles, the beans like swear it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like I saw that sequence. Like I, you know, cause I, again, I watched sort of, and I saw that and I was like, Oh, uh, that's the devil. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's not just, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how he has worked throughout. And I say he, I mean, I guess the characters, the demonic characters throughout the story have worked is that they promise something good. It's, it's, it's that classic idea. I mean, well, it goes back to the, to the garden, right? Um, but I think of something like Faust, um, the, in Mephistopheles, where he promises, you know, riches and, and the woman that he wants and stuff like that, only to, to take his soul. And that's, that's how the demons, yeah. like you said, they're, they're very, they're malevolent. They hate humanity. Well, and they, but they come sort of with gifts and offerings, like mm-hmm. for like for power or to right. give back what was lost. And yeah. you know, I think about that line. Uh, I never watched it, but from uh, the Vich. Um, oh yeah, you have watched thou it. Oh, not man. De- live oh, man. more deliciously or yes. whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yes. this game, just oh, it's sort of like I think, and I, and I, I know we we keep coming back, but I think that's what makes it so effective because it's mm-hmm. like there is sort of a a reality present in the depictions of all mm-hmm. of this. Um, yeah. But chapter two, like, yeah, man. Chapter two, like, honestly, wasn't that bad. I think the peekaboo mm-hmm. monster bit was pretty 
jarring. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I just have to ask you, like when you first saw the peekaboo monster down there in the, the sewers or whatever, mm-hmm. did you move? Did you, cause like the first time he popped out, I was like, even though I had read the message that was like, don't, when you see it, don't move. Yeah. I was like, I was like, here's my cross. And it would like ran over and like mauled me. Um, it, I did not move. And then it got close. And then I, then I brought it up. I'm like, no, this isn't doing anything. Like I thought it was just going to go by. And then I brought the cross up and then it mauled me. And then the second time I'm like, okay, I just won't move at all. And then it turned around and went the other way. So I died once at him. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's just like so many sequences where it's just like, oh my gosh, this is mm-hmm. the worst. Yeah, I think so. That that's a good point. I was I was thinking of wrapping it up, but but I do just have to add. I think we have the same scene, um, but the scariest scene in the game for me was in the apartment when the game tells you to give up that which you cherish most. Oh, chapter three in chapter like three, cross, yeah. And you have to give up your cross and instead you take a camera because the power's out of the apartment, dang it. And the only way you can see is by taking pictures. And so it flashes light on the screen. Mm. And and no, no. so you're just like, I don't I was playing it on a gamepad. I was playing it on my my Xbox controller connected to my laptop. And I was just jamming on the A button, you know, like constantly to get as much light as possible and like just running as fast, you know, you can't run in the game, but moving as fast as you can. Yeah. Just like, okay, this is all I can do. I, <laughs> I did not like it. See, yeah. I wasn't jamming on it, but it was like, I was fairly liberal with it. Like I would hit it. Okay. And then I would just wait because like, there was like that whine. Yes. Like the, the, yeah. the flash, like it, you would, mm-hmm. could hear the flash like charging back up again. Um, and I told you the one time I popped the flash, like, and like, I was too close to like some altar or whatever. And I mm-hmm. ended up getting rushed and then stabbed <laughs> to death by a bunch of like the thralls. Uh. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, even knowing what's coming, like, I'm like, I, I want to play this through. I want to see like, and dude, mm-hmm. like the sequence going down the stairs in chapter three, like the first time that thing pops out. And then it grabs you and it starts dragging you yeah. down. The, and then it's like, there's this weird, like it's, it's that combination of rotoscoping and the sort of just, oh, uh, mm. like this game. Oh, like, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I am kind of done talking about it. Cause like, I'm just <laughs> bugging myself all the way out. It yeah. is just, like I said, it just, it keeps like sort of like ratcheting it up and ratcheting it up. And, but yeah, that like so okay like the second death ritual is really kind of disgusting it's like okay mm-hmm. that's that's gross but like that camera sequence where you just you have no light and you've got to flash your camera bulb and oh and then even even then that there's that part where like you you flash every time you flash the bulb the thing it just gets shows. closer yeah. uh-huh i was like what the why well why in in the one time you flash the bulb and it just goes to that rotoscoped demon yeah Do you remember that it's, like it's it, face it, right yeah, there right right they're just like <laughs> yeah yeah like it is that sequence the camera is just mm, airdorf you're a monster <laughs> you're brilliant and this game is masterful design, but you are a monster, dude. You are a freaking monster. Yeah. Like I have 
I, I just, you know, and it, it's something I said to you, like before we started recording, I'm a combat vet. And there were times when I was deployed that mortar shells were dropping. And that's how I woke up. Right. So I've known terror. Like I've known like the, the horrific, like sort of inevitability of like my own doom. And this game puts me firmly back in that seat. And I do not <laughs> like it. I'm like, Keeping no. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and that's the thing. It's like, it, oh it's gosh. just a game that freaks you out. Yeah. And the fact that like, in order, so in order, like, cause like the thing is like, in order to get the good ending in the first chapter, it's like, you don't really have to do much. You just go back to your car mm-hmm. and then you shoot Michael when he pops out and charges you. Right. Yeah. Um, to get the good ending in the second chapter, you just don't be a jerk, right? You're like, like, <laughs> don't how about, serve Satan. <laughs> yeah, don't serve the demons. Don't give them like small children to corrupt <laughs> and manipulate and consume, do whatever they're going to do with it. Like, you know, don't kill people. Yeah. Um, don't summon demons with your own blood <laughs> kind of thing. Like, it's like things that sound perfectly reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the third chapter, like the the thing that's kind of driving me nuts and the reason I started over again is because if you don't do like all the like the sub boss stuff, you can't get the true ending or yeah. the, the good ending. You can get an ending, which is right. fine, right. but it's like, or you can get the, oh, and I'm just like, I just want to be done. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's a good place to go to is the ending. So I only finished the game once. Um, and then I watched Wendy Goon's video. He it goes through all the extra stuff you have to do in order to get the, the true ending. And I watched all that. So I know how the true ending goes. And, and at this point, I don't necessarily feel like I need to go back and, and go through and play it. I'm fine with the ending that I got, which is slightly unsatisfying, but cool in its own way. So the ending that I got was where, um, you know, you're still sealed off. You can't get to the final area in Gary land, but you've defeated, you've defeated Gary, but you haven't totally get, done everything. So, um, so then John goes out with, with, uh, father Garcia and father Garcia is awesome. My goodness. When he shows up with a, with a, a shotgun and just like shoots Gary and he starts running away to the other room. Oh, that felt so good. Um, mm. Anyways, you go back to the car and John just breaks down at the car and he just starts weeping and, uh, and Garcia is like, we've got more work to do. And John's like, I don't think I can do it. And Garcia freaking aims the shotgun at John and is like, that wasn't a question. Get in the car. We've got work to do. <laughs> and you just drive off. Well, and you know, even that is contingent. So that's like a sub secret or yeah. sub ending because mm-hmm. if you save lisa yeah like yeah i wouldn't able to do that mm-hmm. he he gives you sort of like he's like come on pal like it's like a, it's a lot more like positive and but right. then like if you oh blah. and it's not but it it didn't even at least to me it didn't even come off as malicious it's just like no i'm serious about this like we need there is work that needs to be done and i need your help so let's go. Yeah. Um, at the end of a, you know, at the end of a shotgun. It's like, but, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving you a choice here. Right. Um, right. But the good ending, 
um, everything, you know, you figure out, oh, there never was any twins. It was John and Lisa, you know, all this, all this stuff. Oh, Gary well, was actually a demon that was summoned through the second death ritual. So, and there's like the whole sequence with sister, sister bell mm-hmm. and all of that. Ah. Like, uh, like the, the picture. Oh my gosh. Where her face just kept anyways. Getting more and more gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, oh my, yeah, stare into her eyes. Stare into the eyes of my mother. Oh, that I hated that. I hated that. Uh, yeah, but it's, <laughs> mm. and it's just like, it, like, it, it ultimately, like, if you do the good ending, it ultimately is a story of redemption. Right. Yeah, like, that's where, where I wanted to get to, yeah. It's like, because, like, what you find out, when you find out that John, like, Part of the reason that the 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 exorcism was botched is because like he basically made a deal with the devil, and it's and escaped with his life. Mm-hmm. And he basically he chose like his cowardice in his cowardice he condemned this this young woman to die, mm-hmm. and then so all of this stuff that's going on is really kind of like his fault because he could have ended it like he could have in in a way ended it, um, or he could have he could have saved Amy rather, mm-hmm. but it, it's like, and it's also like the thing is like, but this was the means that the God, like the way that we would put it is like, if you know, if you're sort of like reading this in a Calvinistic bent is like all of this heartache, all of this like suffering, all of this, whatever is the means that God has used to bring this cult and its activities to light and to, in a way punish them and, mm-hmm. and deal with them justly um, is, is through John. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. And, but, and John, you know, the, the title of the game being faith, John comes out of it like full of faith, you know, as his faith has been wavering uh, the whole game, which, you know, the, 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 focal point was when he sort of made a deal with the devil, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he'd been trying to, you know, basically make up for that. Like the weight of that sin had, had caused him to doubt his own faith throughout the course of the game. And, and, and his calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, and, and- so I mean, even the reason he chose, like, he entered the priesthood was because of, like, he had been a victim of this cult for years. Like, he mm-hmm. was in an orphanage where a bunch of kids had been sacrificed and that he and his twin sister were left a lot, like, they were basically left to sort of, like, either to just be used up by the cult, mm-hmm. basically, whether it's in positions of leadership or as vessels for. Um, the ritual of the second death. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it, it, I just keep, the, as we're talking about, it, it's like this game is just like, it is so good, but I can't wait to be done with it. <laughs> and it's like, I don't hate it. Like, I don't hate playing it the way that I hated Silent Hill 2. Yeah. But it is working on me in a way that's comparable to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, all I know it's is wild, like, dude, it's really scary, and I want to get the good ending. But I, cool. in order to do that, I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna have to like play through a lot, like a lot of really garbagey crap that I don't want to play. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, yeah. Again, waiting through garbagey crap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think we both enjoyed this game. If that's oh, no. the right word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, so that is faith, the unholy Trinity. I hope that you have been properly spooked this spooktober. Um, mm-hmm. and, and played along with us, or if you haven't played along with us, hopefully you'll uh, snag yourself a copy of the game. Or, I mean, if you want to wait till February and when it's on Switch, and it, it, that is just so jarring to me that this game would be on a Nintendo Switch. But uh, I well, digress. In February, though, I mean, like, let's be honest, February is a pretty good month for a release for this because February is pretty grim and kind of <laughs> cold. <laughs> cold and wet and sort of miserable and feels a little bit forbidding it's appropriate Mm -hmm. it's appropriate in my opinion there you go well uh thank you guys for tuning into this conversation before we head out uh for the 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 night for the morning you know whatever time it is here whatever time it is there we do have just a couple more um forms to be observed before uh before we head on out. So the first of which is, um, uh, uh, it's something we like to call, what is your quest? Shun. What is your question? And the question we have on this episode comes from friend of the show, Spike in the discord. He asks, what is the greatest OST original soundtrack of all time? The absolute greatest. Now, to me, when I think about this, there's tons of things that come to mind. My favorite games have my favorite soundtracks. You know, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, these are amazing soundtracks. Um, But I I feel like those are almost low-hanging fruit. You know, you could even say something like Mario 3, Super Mario Brothers 3. That has a fantastic soundtrack also. Um, So I'm going to have to kind of sidestep this because that's – you know, what is the greatest of all time? I don't know, but I, I mentioned this in the Discord too, is that I feel like, uh, at least for me, a, a one that has to be in the running that I come back to time and time again, um, and, and I absolutely love it, and I love the breadth of different styles of music throughout it um, and the emotion that it captures. I think it's also masterful the way that the, some of the tracks were composed and how they lead in so that there are different versions of some of the tracks that play depending on what is happening on screen because of the nature of the game. This is the uh, soundtrack to Octopath Traveler. Uh, it, it's a really, it's a huge soundtrack and I love it. I think it's fantastic. So that's what I'm going to go with, even though, you know, is it the greatest of all time? May, maybe not necessarily the greatest of all time, but I feel like in this discussion, of the greatest soundtracks of all time that it deserves a place there. And it's one that I go back to. I mean, man, but there's so, you know, you could say Zelda, you could say Hades, you could say, uh, hollow Knight even has an awesome soundtrack. Um, you, you know, but so it's hard to say, it's hard to pin down what is the greatest, but I feel like Octopath Traveler at least has to be part of that discussion for me. It's one of my favorites of all time. Um, 
Mine is actually something that you sort of hinted at. I think Katie's is probably Ah. like pound for pound, like that weird metal Mediterranean (laughs) kind of like vibe that it, I have listened to that soundtrack probably more than anything else and it's it's not to say like i i I might have favorites from other games that i might Mm -hmm. like more than some tracks on the hades soundtrack but like just like pound for pound like that that soundtrack just uh is awesome yeah like it's so good but yeah yeah that's a good one so spike thank you for uh giving us that question and if you want your five bucks just reach out to us and we will get that to you uh for for giving us the question that we've chosen for this episode. Yeah. Um, before we head out, th- th- actually, there are a couple couple more forms, just a couple, and then we'll be done here. Um, the first of which is just a community shout out. You know, we, we have a great community here in addition to someone like Spike who uh, who gives us these questions. We do have other people talking mm-hmm. on the Discord there, um, giving us questions as well. But we do want to specifically just find someone to shout out in our community for something that they've done over the past couple of weeks. And my sh- shout out this week goes to Sojourner, who on the Discord Gave, like wrote up this entire breakdown of a, a weekend getaway that he had. I believe it was with this church where they studied the fear of the Lord. Um, and he just had this huge write up with lots of scripture in it and, and just some of the overview of what he had learned about what that means and how it doesn't necessarily always, um, correlate to uh, a a simple recognition of God's holiness, but often it's linked with his provision for his people, um, which is really cool. And again, he lists all these scripture verses for it. So I just thought that was super cool. I know how long um, when you write up a huge post on Discord, how long that can take. So I know that was a labor of love in, in just sharing with, you know, your brothers over on the Discord. So I really appreciate that. So shout out goes to you, Sojourner. Thank you. For that, well done. I loved it. Well it done. Edifying. I like that one. That's very. That's a very good one. Um, mine is not going to be as weighty, but Bergen recently had a birthday. That's right. And um, yeah, it's just like it's it's always it's 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 a little lower key, but it mm-hmm. uh, it is always fun. Kind of shouting out these dudes on their birthday, yeah, and seeing some of the goofy stuff that people post. Um, I like posting gifts. I like mm-hmm. giving people gifts for their birthday. But um see that's my type of pun. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Um I do have to throw out another shout out because we haven't mentioned it yet on this episode. Is Paul, thank you for giving us the idea of playing oh, Faith the Unholy Trinity. Even though you're a giant chicken and wouldn't play it yourself. <laughs> He's a giant chicken. He's um, the Techno funk boo. Techno funk boo. I love that so much. Um, but thank you because I would not have known anything about this game unless yeah. you mentioned it. And now yeah. it's like favorite horror game. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, mad props. Like uh, I think Faith is going to work its way onto the the one hundred oh, games list. Is it? This is a, a great, great one. Point. Um, oh man, 
Yeah, I don't know where we're going to put it, but it definitely belongs on the list somewhere. Yeah, I, I think it's going to have to pop into my personal list. You know, the one that I haven't written up yet. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, major shout out to Paul for recommending this. Yeah. Even though you do get points deducted for being a giant for coward. Not <laughs> for not spooping um, your pants. For not spooping On yourself. stream in front of everyone. Um, oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> like, I don't want to. You, you know, um, sort of real quick too. We do. We haven't done a ton of it, but the challenge updates. Yeah, I'm sort of like in a spot where I can't even remember what my last one was. I could probably mm-hmm. go back and look at show notes, but I think like the thing is like probably the thing I, I talk about with the most consistency that I'm still not doing the way that I want to is journaling. Okay, I just. I really okay. want to get back into that habit of taking time, of collecting my thoughts, putting some of them down on paper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. That's me. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I need, I, I just need some structure. Um, and, and whether that comes through, the, there are two things that come to mind for me is one is consistency in exercising, which I've been fairly consistent. I've been pretty good about, um, even with some of our stuff packed up, so that I'm not doing as much weight training anymore. Um, just, just some, some consistency there. Um, but also I want to get back into the habit of kind of planning my days a bit more, or at least having kind of daily goals that, Mm. that I'm setting, um, you know, as we're looking forward to this move that's coming up again, we're in a really weird kind of limbo season right now. And so that has kind of thrown stuff off. But if I can at least set some goal, even if I don't reach them, that's fine. But at least have a course set for the day at the beginning of the day, I think that'd really help. So that's my personal goal. Cool, 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 cool. Well, Josh, we've done the things. It's They've true. joined us uh, for as much or as little as they chose to, mm-hmm. however brave um, they were <laughs> or, you know, whether or not they played the game and mm-hmm. but uh i think yeah. well if if you guys have any thoughts on the game if you've played it yourself we'd love to hear your thoughts on the game too now that we've kind of gushed all all over the place like spewing blood and in gore and no that's not true but if you well, have the, anything we're, to send our we're way, dumping gore and viscera like we have giant viscera. holes instead of faces yeah exactly so if you'd like yes. to reach out of your face and touch us you can do that our email don't address do that is thing because that. you'll be a demon and we'll have to like <laughs> don't exercise you don't, don't be do a that. demon that's a terrible that's a terrible <laughs> thing to be okay um Wow. Sorry. I, I don't want to go down that road. Um, but you can uh, email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com on Twitter, or X or Elon's platform. Our handle is at BBDownCast. We do have an Instagram, the backlog breakdown on Instagram, uh, Facebook.com. Uh, our group there is the hashtag backlog book club. Link for the Discord is in the show notes. And uh, if you want to get a little bit more personal, uh, don't be a demon. My handle generally on the internet is Broccolope and Nate goes by. Nate underscore McKeever. And I second the don't be a demon. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, That being said, it has been a night. And Mm -hmm. Josh, I think it's time to go. So until next time, what should they do? Guys, keep beating down your backlogs. and We'll keep breaking down the benefits.
Gary loves you. Oh.